Alright, what up? We're live. I'm here with uh, Dan Sassine. What up, man? What's going on, brother? Thanks for coming in, man. It's fucking awesome that you're here. No, I was uh, I was pumped when I heard you were doing podcasts, and uh, I, <laughs> I wanted to be one of the first ones down here, so... Dude, I'm so glad you were. You hit me up and we're like, hell yeah, let's do something. And I was like, what? Fuck yeah. Yeah, and we're in the same city now, so, well, I'm a little... Almost. I was about to say, I'm I'm way up north, but... Uh, Man, I live so far away from everyone, though. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Glad Pull it up a little closer to you. Is that better? Oh, way better. There we go. Way more clear. <laughs> Can you hear it well in your headphones? Yeah. Cool. Um, yeah, man, so, fucking A, living in Phoenix now, you moved down here, what, two, three years ago? About two, two years ago now, yeah. From Flag. Yeah, me and the lady found out we were having the kid, so, we, flat, or, uh, in Flag, we found that out, so, Phoenix was the more practical place to live with her family and everything. Oh, uh, for sure. So. Well, there's way more work down here. I mean, more work, and then uh, having a kid makes a lot more sense down here in the valley. And then her family's down here, so childcare, you know, instead of paying fifteen hundred bucks a month, it's free. So yeah, <laughs> that was huge. <laughs> Dude, fucking, it. Uh, you're a better man than I am, Dan. If you would have asked me five years, oh ago, my lord, or not even five years ago, if you would ask me in Flagstaff when we were hanging out in Flagstaff. If I would ever live in Phoenix, I would have told you to fuck off and I would never be down here. And sure shit, look where I'm at. I think we used to talk about it when we lived in Flag. (laughs) Fuck Phoenix, dude. We're never going to live there. Look where I'm at. We're both here. (laughs) Both here. I don't mind it, man. I really, uh, like we went to, did we just go to one baseball game together last year? Went to a few, I thought, and then we went to a lot of Cardinals games. Oh, we At did least go to a couple. We saw each other before. We need to go to some more D-backs games this year. I was looking into season tickets, dude. That's why I was at that stadium that that day. Yeah. Um. Apparently, did you know about that? They do season ticket holders batting practice. It's like a home run derby for season ticket holders every year. Every year. You, you I, I saw. I never heard about it, but I saw it when you were doing it, and that sounds. It sounds pretty awesome, and I feel like I could hit a home run, but I feel I feel like also everyone else thought that too, and no one's well, done it. Well, they said in 10 years no one's done it. <laughs> no one's done it yet. But um, it's like the coolest – it's the coolest fucking thing because if you hit a home run in like the time window or whatever, your season tickets are free. But it's basically just a full day of batting practice on the field. You get to go down into the dugout and explore the fucking field and like basically just hang out and do whatever. That's so awesome. Like, bring your kids and shit. And, uh, like, we got to go into the clubhouse, and I got to see, like, where all the players, like, put their stuff and get dressed. And, like, there's this um, there's this metal chain hanging down um, right after you go down from the, um, from the dugout, right around the corner. They walk down to the clubhouse. Like, it's, like, a long tunnel. Yeah. But right when you turn the corner, exiting the dugout down into it um, – there's a couple steps down and then there's this chain, like a pull-up bar hanging. And the guy's like, you see that? And I was like, yeah, what is that? And he's like, he's like, that was for one player back in the day. He used to have back problems. And I was like, for real? And he's like, yeah, he used to come in here and hang. I do that at the gym between innings. And I was like, really? And I was like, who was that? And he's like, well, who do you think it was? And I was like, Randy Johnson. (laughs) And he's like, yeah, he's like, when he, when he was getting up there and he's like, age he would have back pain between innings so he would go in there and he would just 
grab the thing and like lift his legs off the ground and hang between innings to like relieve pressure on his back. That's like a, a scientific thing. If you believe in uh, evolution, at least uh, that we're supposed to hang like that. Cause we came from monkeys and whatnot. Yeah. Uh, I do it at the gym. It separates your back out. Yeah. Uh, it's good on your shoulders. Yeah. Uh, if you believe in that and you know, the evolution side of it, uh, yeah. that's, I guess where we're, <laughs> where that came from. But I, I do that at the gym. It feels good. Yeah, I think it is like a natural decompression. Yep. Like thing. You're supposed to do that, and at least what I've I've read. I just thought it was cool as fuck, and I jumped on it. I think yeah. I freaked the guy out. <laughs> yeah, I jumped up and grabbed it because the guy's like, I can't even reach it, and I was like, for real? And I like jumped up. Well, then, I mean, I'm six feet tall. I can fucking grab it. Well, Randy was what six five. Yeah, something six, like six. that. <laughs> and I grabbed it and hung one. on it, and like I think the guy was like, Oh no, it's gonna break. This fat fuck's grabbing it. <laughs> But no, it was cool. I was glad. Like, and then they have this tire cemented in to the wall right there uh, for batters to hit with their broken bats and shit, or or just a whole bat with their frustration, you know, just fucking nice. They're striking out. They go in there and hit the fucking tire. Yeah, I didn't even know about that. Um, when I saw your pictures, it was the first time I, uh, I I knew they were doing that. Uh, I, I had no idea and stuff. I wasn't the dude keeping just up emailed on it. me and was like. Do you want to come in? And I was like, yeah. And then, of course, the whole thing's like a sales pitch to buy season tickets. Yeah. But. <laughs> I got the Coyotes uh, salesman calling me nonstop. Yeah. But the Diamondbacks <laughs> give me do. Tickets. Um, the minimum, you could you could do eight games and buy that and be a season, that's, season ticket that's member. That's considered a season ticket holder. That's yeah. actually pretty cool, man. I, I was would, thinking about I doing do that, that just so I could get the discount on jerseys and shit. I thought you'd have to go to all 100 yeah. <laughs> hundred games. That's what they try to sell you is eighty two games. I was like, dude, that's that's fucking insane. Who goes to eighty two games? I would love to, but my schedule doesn't. But could you imagine like that? when we play like Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and like every night you're just at the ballpark? If I won like the lotto or something, right? you know, I I would do that. But if you didn't have a job. Yeah, if I wasn't, uh, or if the beer and food was free, that too, free dinner every night. <laughs> Well, I figure at that point, if I can afford 80-something games, uh, I could probably afford the beer and food to go with it right. if I'm at that stage in life. I know, dude. We got to tour the uh, like the suites, like, you know, where the ballers hang out. That's awesome. And uh, <laughs> there's, like, like, there's, like, an actual, like, bar area up there with, like, just a bartender, you Just know? for your own, uh, just in your suite, you get your own bar? No, like, it's, like, oh. a lounge area, like, between... <laughs> Where all the suites are. Like, it's a big lounge. That's badass. And there's even, like, a restaurant, like, bar, like, sports bar area in there. And the dude's like, yeah, table's in here, first come, first serve. So, like, if you have access to this whole level, the diamond level, you could just come in here a couple hours before the game, grab a spot by the window or even out on the deck. And then that's just your table for the whole game. And you can just hang out there and, like, order food and drinks. You'd have to get there pretty damn early. Yeah, but how fucking cool would that be? be Like, oh, yeah, let's go spend the afternoon at the ballpark. The game's at 5. That's what someone... Let's uh, go down there at 1. Someone told me that TJI Fridays uh, is the same thing. First come, first serve there. Then I also heard that place is closing down and they're switching it out. Yeah, in the stadium. That's weird. Yeah. I wonder why. Profits, I don't know. I don't know. Fuck that. <laughs> Fucking A, man. So, uh, do you want to tell me about this fire academy you're doing? Yep. Yep. I'm uh, out of the military now um, into this fire academy. It's a college fire academy, not a career one. So, it's 
a lot more laid back yeah. than they uh, than they try to make it sound. Because I come from, you know, an army <laughs> basic training mentality, thinking that's what it's going to be like. Yeah. Um, and then you know the orientation, they kind of you know uh, jazz it up, thinking you know preparing us that you know you are going to get yelled at, <laughs> you're going to get your ass whooped, kind of thing. And yeah. So mentally, I got in that mode. I was ready. Um, then the first day I was there, like the meanest thing anyone said to me was hurry up. And I thought like, well, <laughs> I was like, shit, this is easy. That's the meanest thing. Yeah. I was You're mean used to like getting harassed in the military and stuff. I got called some stuff. I never even thought of to call someone. Yeah. And you know, hurry up was what they told me, but, uh, it's fun. It's, uh, it prepares you for the big Academy whenever I get hired on. Um, I'm in the process of three different apartment departments right now so whichever one i could pass everything and get through That's interviews sick, and whatnot man. um then i'll go to the career academy which is a more i guess more uh harder academy i compared to <laughs> what we're in now but uh yeah it's fun we get to learn all the essentials the basics uh get to do some live fire stuff the last one we did was uh extrication we got to tear some cars apart with these hand tools and some power hydraulic tools and stuff. And it was pretty that's cool. sick. Yeah. Was, <laughs> the power of those things are gnarly, man. It's, and that's just for like training for, for those situations in the future. Like when someone's stuck in a car and you have to cut them out. Yeah. Or? Like car wrecks and whatnot. Um, that's crazy. Yeah. They went to the junkyard and just brought us at least my group. We had six cars total. So we Damn. got to, we just got the bus windows some and hands on training, rip doors off and stuff. It was pretty cool. Um, yeah, and then we have some live fire stuff coming up soon and, um, it's easy enough. I'm getting older and so it's, my body's pretty broken from the military. (laughs) Dude, isn't that sad that like, uh, (laughs) we're like in our fucking mid twenties, late twenties now, I guess, entering and, and it's just, we're like, dude, our bodies are giving up on us, man. (laughs) Yep. I'm, I'm fighting injuries left and right here and. I got a kid in there. I got a kid in there. Uh, he's in my engine. I shit you not. I asked him what his birthday was. Yeah. 99. This kid was born. He was born in 99. And I was like, fucking hey. So he's, <laughs> is he 19 then? Yeah, like 18, 19. Yeah. Holy shit. And I heard the 99 and I was like, man, you missed all the good cartoons. Holy shit. You missed all the good cartoons being born that late. It's crazy that like those are the kids going into the military now. They are born in 2000. Yeah. They were born when George Bush was president. Yes. <laughs> I, I, uh, I feel really old in that class, and I know I'm not old, you know, compared to, like, my dad or whoever, you know, I'm talking to, but I feel like the old fart in the group. Still outrunning everyone. <laughs> yeah. Well, you got to be the more disciplined one. Jesus. Yeah, I'm there with another uh, a Marine. Uh, he's with me, and he's, uh, you know, me and him have the same mentality, so it's nice. We both look at everything the same uh everything needs to be perfect and dress right dress and whatnot um yeah i think um chad said the same shit about being in the uh in the academy down south doing uh the prison guard stuff yeah Yeah, he's like yeah i I was one of the first military he's like the only military person so i'm standing there with like creases in my uniform on day one and like you know like and like I got called out on it. Like he's like, <laughs> first thing the guy did is says, "You in the military?" <laughs> he's like, 
yep marine he's like oorah and like the guy's a marine too so like he's just like automatically favorite in the class <laughs> like, yeah. like, like you know what I mean? it was weird it was weird standing day one with all our gear in front of us how it was supposed to be and yeah. i look over and the guy next to me was the marine russ my buddy and uh, <laughs> uh we're sitting there just quiet and not talking in formation because yeah. we're both used to that and we're looking around all these kids and whoever never got a boot up their ass once in their life or sitting there talking and whatnot in formation and it really was weird seeing that i wanted to say something at the same time i was just like just stay quiet and get through this crap yeah, it's like it's not your place anymore <laughs> yeah, it's not my place just get through it in the <laughs> army you would have fucking oh man, said it, something to him. it would have been a whole different story i there. wanted to ask you about um something while i'm thinking about it uh yesterday i was talking to my buddy about like the whole gun control debate yeah and everything going on with like the recent shooting and uh the uprising in florida as i'm gonna call it (laughs) these 17 year olds trying to start a revolution um but we got talking about uh on like more specifically the, did you read up on like that security guard who didn't do anything? The cop, or the cop who was on on uh, the uh, what is he called? The uh, school. He's the school officer, or whatever. Yeah, I heard. At least what I read, it was one of the sheriffs there, like four of them. Yeah, didn't it was four go, of them. That's what. I, that's the last thing I read. We might have to fact check that. I thought but. it was one. Let's Google this real quick. Okay, but what I wanted to ask you is, I was trying to say I thought it was one guy. Um. I'm going to just be blatant on this surge. Florida cops did nothing. <laughs> Four sheriff deputies hid during Florida shooting. Okay, this yeah. is a little different for that, me. That's what I heard. It's, okay, this is, this is, is a heard. little different for me. You got to get a little closer to the mic, Dan. Sorry. I know I know it's it's hard to get used to. Um, you could like push it around too. Um, so this says four armed officers and years of warning, <laughs> I hate that, and years of warnings did nothing to stop Nicholas Cruz. Not one, but four sheriff deputies hid behind cars instead of storming Stone Douglas High School um, during the shooting, police claimed Friday. As newly released records revealed, the Brown County Sheriff's Office had received at least 18 calls about the troubled teen over the past decade. Damn, that's a lot. That's that's the, uncalled the for. Decade there. sounds a little exaggeratory to me though did they get the first colonies eight years old well, it was probably a bunch of small stuff like i heard he tortured animals and shit so it's probably small stuff like that but uh, you know it all equals up to some they some were shocked to find three mental... deputies behind their cars with weapons drawn okay so this is a little different for me i kind of take back what i said yesterday wow Oh, the school's armed resource officer was also outside. So it was three sheriffs and the resource officer outside. That's what it sounds like. So what I thought it was was the resource officer, and I thought he didn't do anything. And I was trying to say, and what I was going to ask you was if I was saying that maybe the guy just froze up. Like he's a resource officer working in a school. He's never been in that kind of situation before. Maybe he was just one dude and he was waiting for backup. Maybe he just freaked out and, you know, like flight or fight mode and went into flight and didn't fucking do anything. Um, I was just trying to give him the benefit of the doubt by saying 
you know, maybe he hasn't been in a war situation before. And when he saw people getting shot and bleeding, he freaked out like anyone else. And I was going to ask you if that, um, if that was the case, if like he just froze up, does that ever happen? Like in the military, like, have you ever seen that or witnessed that or heard about that? Like someone just gets in a firefight and doesn't do their job. Oh yeah. That's like a, it's like a big thing. Uh, I mean, you could train all you want. You never know what you're going to do when the situation happens. Um, you can be prepared for it. And that's, you know, the goal is to be prepared for what happens. Hopefully your adrenaline kicks in and you, you handle business. Um, in that situation, in that situation, I'm hoping it wasn't that they were scared it, it, it four of them standing there. It's kind of sounds like maybe they had some overhead talking down to them. Um, some higher ups telling them to wait outside, you know, all four of them like that. Cause I feel like me by myself, yeah, I'd be a little scared going into a live shooter incident. But if I'm there with four trained guy or three trained guys and myself, I feel like I, that fear would be a way. I feel like I would I have enough trust in, yeah the guys around me so i that this is just something we're reading too you know who knows what really happened that situation i know in my if i was there at least this is (laughs) how i'd hope i would react is uh yeah our children are some of the most precious things we got on this earth i would i'd be in there as fast as i could hopefully so that's kind of four dudes sitting on the side hiding behind a car man i find that hard to believe really yeah um those guys are all trained and whatnot so they might have had some higher ups talking to them saying we're going to strategically hit it at a different entry point of the building or what i I don't know what their strategic plans were for the building but because you you want to be somewhat organized you don't want 12 cops running in from different directions on the building of course um running in their gun blazing because that could be uh there's kids in there uh there's themselves in there you know and then there is that shooter in there so you might hit the wrong thing um yeah that kind of almost sounds hard to believe to me four dudes wouldn't want four grown trained men like going through that academy and going through that training they knew what kind of stuff was in it uh involved in the job so I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I just don't know. Yeah. That for me, is like, it's such a, an issue of talking about it from like, I'm so naive on the entire area of like, I was telling my buddy yesterday, like, like I own guns and I've definitely carried them. Like I've, I've definitely taken one around my ankle on my hip to movies like to you know the store and shit many times like one's in my car all the time like it's like guns are a normal part of life for me like yep. you know what i mean same here i i got one in my truck downstairs and <laughs> i carry with me every day yeah and it's just kind of i was telling him like i don't know in that situation even me as like i'm i'm well uh, trained on guns. Like my grandpa was in the military and I learned everything from him and from my family, you know, like we've always been a shooting family, like growing up in Arizona. Like I remember going out and shooting guns when I was a teenager, 
You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. it's not it's not abnormal to me to have guns. And but I don't even know in that situation if I had a gun on me and there was like an active shooter, if I would be the one running towards him. Yeah, you know, like I don't, I, I can't say I would be. That's one of those things know? where you're prepared, but you don't know how you're gonna act. Yeah. You know, the fight or flight kind of exactly mentality. You don't understand until you're into that situation. You don't know how your body's gonna react to it, and your mind's gonna react to it. Um, so it's hard to it's hard to make you know, to say something about a running in on, on a school shooter until you've actually kind of done it. Um, I just know in my mentality, I, I look at children as, you know, <laughs> that's not just like, uh, something small to risk your life for Children are huge. I would, I think I, I think I would be full, full, uh, sprint into that building. Yeah. Looking for that guy. Um, if I if I was a, I don't know, it's kind of a weird subject. <laughs> it's no, one of those it things. is. You don't it know is. until you're there. And I think that's my biggest issue with people speculating on it. Like all these people on the media and and in the news and non-gun owners and non-gun supporters and it's just it's hard for me to listen to when when I know when I know that I don't know. Yep. Do you know what I mean? Well, that's what's problem with the media now too is it's all about ratings so they're putting out whatever they can to get the most out of it uh most money out of it so they're putting out like this story we're reading right here could be fake but they're trying to get people brought into it and yeah you know it it's uh it's uh, i don't know it's hard to explain man (laughs) thank you Get me a beer. <laughs> yeah. Um. So that like, wow. Jesus. Uh. One thing I wanted to talk about. Um. It kind of just reminds me of it. Is uh. I was talking to my buddy Chance about this. I was reading this article about how uh. Back in the day, it was talking about how social media is changing. And like corrupting the public in a negative way based on that it's a new form. It, it like it, it created a new culture in the sense that um, back in the day, media came out and it came out on one medium at one time, all at the same time across the country. So it was one controlled message. And what I mean by that is a new story came out on the radio before TVs existed, whatever. It came out on the radio at 7 o'clock. The whole family sat around and listened to the news at 7 o'clock. The president was giving a speech, whatever it was. Everyone listened to it. It was one message. There wasn't conflicting ideals. There wasn't different news sources giving you a different message. It was all one and done. It was... This happened. These are the set of facts. That's it. No speculation. But now with social media, it gives every individual a voice and takes that one message away from the media and lets people put their own twist on it and lets everyone have their own set of facts. 
So it's creating this weird dynamic where it's instantaneous that a new story comes out and people say it's false and people say it's wrong. And it's like a, a way that never happened before. Like no one ever watched something on the news and immediately went, well, I have a news article from another website that says differently. It's all, uh, you know what I mean? It all turned uh, political, man. Everything turned political. Um, each story is cited for the left or the right. Every, oh, yeah. every story. And then every story has been contradicted by the other side. Uh, with another set of facts it's like, almost like we got to a point where we don't care about lying though that's why i when i look up my news in the united states i look up news on like the british broadcasting channel and, and stuff like that because yeah. i know they're not trying to lie as much as yeah. as ours i i look from outer sources outside the country that are reporting on us and i see what they're saying yeah that's how i look up my news because everything is just it's all left or right and it's, it's fucking annoying it's, it's, annoying. it's so fucking annoying. It's very annoying. And uh, I hate it. I, it's, you know, I mean, you know me, I, I lean pretty right. I thought I was a, I always called myself a hippie Republican until, uh, cause I, you know, I love guns, but I didn't care about anything else. And then I found yeah. out what libertarians were and I was like, oh shit, I'm a libertarian. <laughs> leave my guns alone and then do whatever you want. Just don't harm anyone. Yeah, it's interesting, like, as I get older, <coughs> the different, like, political ideolo- ideologies, is that a, the word? Yeah. Whatever. Um, but, like, I've always aligned more with Democrats on voting issues, if that makes sense, like uh, school funding. Um, you know, Republicans have always been very heavy on the church and giving, like, the church tax breaks and... You know, it's always very heavy on religion and, like, the whole abortion stance is yeah. based on religion. Like, all the, a lot of the stuff on the right is based on religion, in my, like, opinion growing up. That was always, for me, and that, like, that, that was always what put me on the left. Because I didn't, like, you know, I was always agnostic or atheist and I never, like, aligned with that. And I think that always pushed me to the left. And then I kind of realized, like, I don't agree with half of the shit on either side of the fence as I got older. I think there's more and more and so, more people like you yeah. and me coming out now. Yeah. Especially and, after this last election. It's, oh, yeah. And it's so hard to say, like, I'm with the Democrats. Yep. And then they say shit like, all right, well, we're going to take your guns away. And I'm like, oh, maybe I'm not with you guys so much. That's kind of how I feel with. Uh, maybe I don't want to hang out with you guys. That's how, I feel with the, <laughs> that's how I feel with the Republican Party, man. It's, you know, I like a lot of the stuff. At the same time, uh, I disagree with a lot of it, too. Like uh, giving away all the or they're trying to sell all the public land out west. Yeah. Trying to get rid of all that public land. and Yeah. I'm a big anti-government taking over public land. I'm not thing. a fan. Um, and so one of that the biggest issues that Trump has done is that um, he gave, um, or he he shrunk the um, state parks. See, that's yeah. Me, I love nature, and I love I love being out in the wilderness as much as I possibly can, and so state parks, public land, all that I want to stay where it's at, and I don't want it to be touched. And so the Republican Party right now is taking away that, uh, not taking it away, but they're starting to sell off, you know, um, some public land, 
And I don't like that at all. Yeah. And so that's one of those subjects where, you know, I get when it comes down to a voting days. Yeah, I'm Republican because, you know, more issues fit my way. But then, you know, you can't have everything you want, basically. Um, I see that crap and it pisses me off. But yeah, my biggest issue is like, I feel like I feel like we have to have some kind of more of a of a, a different voting standard or like a if we're going to continue on with this bipartisan bullshit system, we got to come up with a different way of voting and get rid of all of the senators. Well, this two, this um, two political party system, we got well, that's shouldn't what I mean. even like, be happening. I just don't understand how in a modern society, we can't come up with a voting system where it's like every November, these issues are on the bill because of some kind of standard that, you know, the same way, like, are you aware of how, like, a bill gets on, like, the state bill right now? Not crazy aware of it. I understand it a little bit, but nothing educated. Um, I'm not educated to sit here and talk about, you know, preach to people about it. Um, I'm going to Google it. But my understanding is uh, for a state to, to vote on a law, like, how we're voting on... Um, we're voting on legalizing marijuana again in November... Um, in Arizona, right? The devil's lettuce. Hell yeah. <laughs> so the way that I understand that happens is it has to be proposed. There's a, uh, how it says in here, an idea is developed, a legislator, either a re- representative or a senator decides to sponsor a bill. This could be an original idea or it could come as a suge- suggestion. Uh, other lawmakers may be asked to join as a co-sponsor, blah, blah, blah. A bill is drafted at the sponsoring legislator's direction. The nonpartisan uh, legislative services agency provides research and drafting assistance. Uh, they prepare the bill in a proper technical form. The bill is then introduced. The bill has its first reading in the House of Origin. The bill is assigned to committee. The bill takes action. Uh, the committee takes action on the bill. The committee sends a bill back to the House of Origin of Origin for second reading. The House of Origin reads a third reading, and the bill is voted upon by the full chamber. The process repeats in the other chamber. The bill returns to the House of Origin conference committee. The bill is sent to the governor. The bill becomes law. It's all just a bunch of horse shit. I'd say that sounds like so you never want a bill passed, then it takes forever. Oh, <laughs> it's one of the most complicated fucking processes, man. And I understand that it needs to be complex and there needs to be a vetting system and people need to write shit that makes sense and it needs to be read. But like, like our new tax budget that was passed was something like 900 pages. And what's funny about that too is, uh, the media gets on that day that that budget comes out and there's subject matter experts on it. Yep. I want to say, fuck off. You didn't read that whole thing. <laughs> None of you read well, that. Well, and that's one of the biggest issues. Look, Obamacare was 2,300 pages, it says. It's ridiculous. For our health bill. Because that's not just normal reading 2,300 pages. That's bone dry long 2300 pages of crap and they hide loopholes in there somewhere um i can't find how many pages the trump tax bill was 
Oh, this one says the GOP's 429-page tax bill. So the point is that I'm trying to say is, like, this shit is so complex that even the people running it don't fucking get it, right? And I feel like when it comes down to shit like legalizing weed, I get that the legislation behind that is a lot more complex than it's legal and it's illegal. Yeah. Right? It's a lot more complex than just saying that and it's like okay so what does that mean and what does that like who gets to sell it and who regulates it and what are the taxes and you know all these trickle down effects right but there's got to be some kind of system we can break down that makes it a little more easier to understand what these laws mean like videos like youtube videos like here's a two minute synopsis of what this bill's gonna do and like you could watch it on your phone and then when you're done watching it, you fucking vote. Yeah. Like you go, yes, I support that. Or no, I do not. And you could even pull up different videos from different sides of the aisle. And you can read a, watch a smear campaign on it. You can watch one supporting it. And you can like decide for yourself. You know, like you can watch the Republican video which, and the Democrat video. Which sucks is that there has to be a forward and a smear video you know well it's gonna happen i know i but, like th- you have to get a message from both sides somehow. i know i just wish it was just straight facts and then you decide from that but instead it's but there's got to be some better way to educate people on what's happening you know like no one even understands what's going on well like, like even the when tax the tax bill what was it prop 206 the weed one last the last one that failed yeah right um like i i knew it was for passing weed and that was it <laughs> like i didn't know the internal no. workings of this thing of the of this bill getting passed and no, i didn't know like and it could have been i i have no idea about it still but it could be shitty like it could like our tax money could be going to something stupid or it could be phenomenal <laughs> it could be like oh or it could be great all the yeah. money was gonna go to to kids with cancer yeah <laughs> and so like, i had no idea about all i know was like the weed weed would get passed or weed would fail that's such a joke weed being illegal oh yeah i don't even smoke it and i think it's a joke that it's, it's joke. illegal it's a joke <laughs> didn't uh didn't try to ban alcohol once you know didn't didn't we learn something from that yeah prohibition we didn't learn something from it <laughs> no the same thing's happening today that's all it is man and there's people <laughs> there's people doing so much time in prison for weed right now and within a few years, it's going to be completely legal everywhere. Dude, <laughs> one of my biggest issues with is incarceration rates in this country. Um, I actually wanted to talk to you about this. I read this tweet. Did you listen to that podcast where I read that tweet? I did. And uh, the Sean Paul or whoever he was. Sean King. Sean King, yep. Uh, I, I heard that, and I feel like it's way deeper than just us arresting everyone. Oh, oh, it's deeper than that. Oh, here's the tweet. Uh, the United States is not number one in much. Not education, not healthcare, not economic equality, none of that. We're number one in mass shootings and mass incarceration. It's not even close. That's where we lead. This is what we're the best at. And, like, to me, like, yeah, it's much deeper than that. But it is very honest and blatant and true that... I look at it as a culture thing, man. We could be better in education and we could be better in healthcare but instead we're going to continue fighting over guns and incarceration rates but at the same time i feel like we could fix a lot of that with a lot of like at the same time like 
incarceration rates could be fixed in fixing education and fixing the like minimum sentences for me is a big one. Like mandatory minimum sentences. Well, at the same there's time, no I don't reason want shitheads out back out in the the world. I think no, uh, but there's no reason different states gonna have different minimum sentences. Like in in one state, marijuana's minimum sentences could be ten years for selling and distribution. That's how that's how it was here when we grew up in high school, huh? It was like it was some bad. It was crazy when shit. we were growing up. But like, but you know what I mean. But like, even when we changed the laws ten years later, oh, weed's legal now. There's still people sitting in prison for selling two pounds of weed. Yeah. I think it's a, and we don't, we don't go back and look at all the people still serving and like, let them out when we change the laws. And there's also shit like, why do you get minimum 10 years for selling cocaine for like two grams of cocaine? And it's the same punishment for like two fucking kilos of cocaine. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. It's on a different scale. It's on a different level. Like, I the think, mandatory minimum sentences to me is insane. And I know I'm not like summing it up well enough to make it defense on it, but yeah, I, I just don't understand how a judge could be like, Hey man, I understand you're a good guy and you fucked up, but the minimum amount of years I can give you for your crime is 18 years. When the, when the laws do change, I think they should go back and look at the people in jail and see who's there. And if it's something easy, like getting caught with weed, I think they should be, uh, you know, drop their sentences on that. Um, if you have any like physical, uh, you know, uh, violent crimes added with your weed charges and whatnot, then yeah, you stay. Um, but I think it all goes back to a cultural thing, man. Uh, recently I heard, uh, hip hop is the largest, like dominating music, um, of, uh, uh, America, which I agree with, you know, that's, Everywhere you go, you hear rap, and everyone likes rap. But then you start listening to the messages of rap, and people talk about selling drugs and f- guns and violence. Oh, and for sure, all they, this uh, shit, and like we've turned that into something cool. They glorify it. Yeah, we turn that shit into something cool, and then you start looking at stuff like that, and you start looking at our school systems where we're not paying teachers jack shit, and then they start questioning why our our kids are getting high test scores and staying in school. It's, you know, it's hard to, it's hard to fuel that fire when you're treating the teachers, you know, horribly, you know, there's a, that's just two of the cultural issues. I mean, I think we could, I definitely agree with you on the rap music. Um, I was talking to my girlfriend about that, actually, that's that specific thing. So I think it's, it's an issue for sure. Um, that rap music still glorifies like beating women and drug abuse. Or call, and dude, calling women being bitches. Gangsters. Damn, I for sure. Okay, so I, I grew up where my dad would whoop my. So ass I was wondering. If I said that. If do you think with what's happening in Hollywood with Harvey Weinstein and stuff, if like the rap community is next to have the overhaul, I think. <laughs> Or do you think it's so ingrained in that culture that it's so accepted and then it'll just never change? I think uh, if one, I hate, I hate the whole Harvey Weinstein thing. Um, Oh yeah. He's a piece of garbage. One, I think he's a piece of garbage, but I also hate the people coming out saying me too 30 years down the road. You could have said something a week later and saved all hundred and whatever women from getting that same 
you know, abuse, you know, oh, you, yeah, I'm with you, you there. I, I hate it. I hate these people coming out later on. Like, yes, it's tragic that that happened to them, but it just, it's, it pisses me off that they waited so long. But I think, uh, if <laughs> in that rap community or shit, not even just rap community, any music industry where high paid musicians and those girls and like girls started coming out towards them too. Yeah, I th- I think the music industry could get trashed with it too, man. I I think. But I uh, just wonder if it will, ever will, or if it's too ingrained in that culture. I think that it will. I think it will. I think someone's going to see a paycheck in it and finally come out and it's say possible. something. I do. Um, I don't know why they're not coming out and just. That's what I said. My biggest issue was with the Harvey Weinstein stuff. Is I I understand he's a piece of shit and he needs to go to prison and he's not going to prison. He's actually in Arizona, by the way. He's at a, a resort, a uh, drug rehab resort. Same one Kevin Spacey's at. <laughs> They're just partying together? Yeah. <laughs> Damn. What money um, does. Um, but I think it is unfortunate that some, some of the women who were affected got paid off. And that they will never say anything because they, they received money. And that I think it's I think it's fucked that the courts are allowed to protect people like that, and that they say that oh you signed this contract, you said you would never speak of this again, and we paid you this sum for that to happen. So if you open your mouth, we're gonna sue you, and then you could potentially go to jail because you're breaking this contract and blah blah blah. You know what I mean? So there's all these women who he did fucking abuse and who have been abused by other people who will never say shit because they got paid off or they got big movie roles out of it. They got their whole career made and they're never allowed to say anything because he fucking paid them yep. half and, a million dollars to shut up. And it, it, it really sucks that, uh, and we let these people get away with it. Yep. They're monsters. It, it, it really, all of them, but really, all of them. It really sucks he has that kind of power to do that for so long. All 100 people or 50 people or 30 people that were involved in that lawsuit or whatever, all of them deserve to go to prison, in my opinion. They're all monsters. Like the, like who? did you fall? Hit. All the people who were in the court case, all the people who signed those papers to, to make the girl shut up oh, and who yeah. gave her the money. That's like, why I could never be a lawyer. They're dude. all fucking monsters. That's why I could never be a lawyer. Did you follow the gymnastics stuff? Uh, the, with the, <laughs> I see, I seen the gymnastics like dad trying to whoop his ass. Yeah. In like the court. over a hundred women <laughs> came out against the guy. Yep. Like they're scumbags, dude. All those people were in on it. There's. Some of those girls got paid off to not talk about him. That's why I couldn't be a lawyer. Like, and that uh, means the gymnastics fucking organization knew about it. The Olympic team in some fashion knew about it. Someone wrote that girl a check to shut up. Her dirt, parents knew about dirt it. Dirt under the rug, In man. my opinion, they're all pieces of shit. The, like, they all needed to fucking... The, all of them were bought by the power of the dollar. Even what, her parents. You know what like, really pissed me off the other day? Was watching that cruise kid from Florida shooting. Yeah. And his lawyer sitting there like rubbing his back, talking to him like while they're in the court. Victim. Like he was the victim. I, I sat there and thought about me being in her shoes. Yeah. How can you even think about. We need to revisit this stuff as a culture, man. How can you even think about like having any sympathy or empathy for this fucking yeah, we kid? We need to revisit that as a culture. Mental health, my ass. When Fuck there's him. hard proof that you made this happen. 
mental health can't be a, uh you can't go to an insane asylum you deserve public execution in my opinion there's and like you know you know how much cheaper that shit would be too oh way cheaper Damn. get rid of all this legislation shit and i'm not and i'm not trying to like offend people oh public execution yeah it's barbaric like yeah it might be barbaric but at the same time the kid went in and shot 50 people Make it a pay per view event. Seventeen. I'd, he killed seventeen kids. I'd pay, I'd pay fifty bucks to watch. He that doesn't dude deserve to die. keep living. Like nope. he doesn't deserve to breathe another breath. You know Not what I mean? All. Like there's no, there's nothing you can say that's like, uh, no, you should you should get to kill seventeen people and keep living. Yep. I, like uh, no, man. Like no, you don't. Like you don't. Seventeen children too. That's, like that's nuts. That's, I. Like, it's just like we, the death penalty, in my opinion, wasn't such a bad thing. I, I don't think so either. I don't know why we have sympathy for bad people. Um, if you, but uh, there's, there's times where like, if you accidentally kill someone, if you have a mental breakdown, you have multiple personalities and shit. I get it. You need mental help. But this kid killed 17 people, man. Yes. It's not, it was, it wasn't an accident. I'll tell you that. It wasn't, no. it wasn't a single slip up. This guy, he yeah, pulled the fire. You he drove pulled drunk and fire you crashed your car and killed someone and you, you deserve to get the death penalty. He pulled fire alarms and lured kids into a hallway and, and shot, shot them all. That guy thought about this, like slept over this night after night for a while and then yeah. did it. That dude, Deserves the worst. So think about how loud school fire alarms are mm-hmm. and how hard that would be to hear the gunshots. Just remember back when you were in elementary school, like you heard the fire alarm, you know, you you were out the door funneling down a hallway. Well, and if it was unplanned, your teacher was freaking out too. Yeah, down the hallway, man. That, your teacher you funneled was like, out of there. what? Like, get the fuck out. Like, yeah. you know. Like that kid knew it and um, he went with it, man. I wanted to go back to this minimum sentence of shit. So I just Googled this real quick. This article is super outdated from 2013, but it's just from Business Insider, so I know it's legit. Uh, just outrageous people who got crazy conviction sentences. A uh, 46-year-old fast food worker was sentenced to 25 years in prison for selling $1,800 worth of painkillers. So they were probably prescribed to him. Yeah. And just- That's the street value, 1800 that's not actually what he paid at the pharmacy. He fucking got 25 years in prison. So he's going to get out of prison when he's 71 years old because he sold some painkillers. That was his minimum sentence. Yeah, that's... I mean... That's rough, man. That's rough, but, you know, breaking the law is breaking the law. And drugs... But 25 I think are years? are killing this country. But 20... Uh, no, yeah, 25 years is a lot. That guy deserves to turn into a senior citizen in prison? Try, try to outlive his like, sentence. Try to outlive it. Yeah, that's Like, tough. we can't make... We can't make that guy pay for a sentence with three years of community service after, like, two years in prison or something. Like, you know what I mean? Like Or, or do some something to help us... Uh, to help the country, man. I something I'm huge into. He was the father of three. He some, was a drug addict. Some, put away for decades. Something I'm huge said. into is uh like down in Florence here, down uh south way south uh Phoenix, uh inmates uh get paid you know, it's jack shit, you know yeah. Five cents an hour or whatever it is. But to break horses and whatnot or in California, they have a whole wildlife fire or wildland fire prison crew, 
and they go work for <laughs> wildland fires and stuff like that, man. That's where we should send people like this. Not I agree. Not uh, and have them do two or three years of that hard labor, and then come back into the r- real world. Um, if you don't have a violent, you know, aggression towards you, like I think this, that's how uh, it should be. Nineteen-year-old, nineteen-year-old got busted for selling heroin, heroin and cocaine. Yeah, but think about what that heroin did to another family, though. Maybe for sure it could have. But he got a life sentence. But he's nineteen. Oh, he got a life sentence. How much life ca- sentence without the possibility of parole? <laughs> How much heroin was that guy selling? It does not say. <laughs> it says he started working for drug dealers when he was fifteen as a lookout, making fifty dollars a day, and then later moved on to distributing the drugs. It's not even worth it. Fifty dollars a day. Dude, he was, not, but what I'm saying here is like, so it's been proven that like your brain doesn't stop developing until you're 25 years old now. So this guy's not even fully developed. And he was probably sucked into that situation from, I mean, he's 15. He started yeah. when he was a teenager. Probably had older kids around him that kind of sucked him into that. So it's like, we can't fucking address that on a societal issue. We got to send this guy. Like this guy is going to be sitting <laughs> in prison for the rest of my life. Well, it's. You know what I'm saying? Like, my tax dollars are feeding him every day because he sold heroin in 1993. 15 years old, though. You'd think maybe he would go through some child court. Uh, but he was 19 when he got sentenced, when he got caught. He, so he's he, an adult. Oh, okay. He so he was 15 sentence. when he started 19. Okay, gotcha. He has a life sentence when he was 19. I just think that's fucked, man. That's ridiculous. Uh, this lady got 20 years in prison for selling uh, crack cocaine. I definitely think the, I definitely think the court system. Who is that? Who is that? Guy? This guy got a life <laughs> sentence for distributing LSD when he was 25 in 1994. I wish the listeners could see that guy. <laughs> so at the same time, he got a life sentence for selling LSD. LSD used to be legal in the 60s. Did you know that? Yep. This guy got 42 years in prison for selling less than three grams of crack. Yeah, I definitely think the the court systems are definitely flawed. I just read those numbers, 42 years? It's definitely flawed because you look at that, what the fuck he was? He was a slim, swimmer or something out of college. Remember that guy, the the white nerdy kid that raped a girl and he got three months? Mm-hmm. Remember that? Yeah. I, I don't even know his name. His name is not even worth being said. But, yes, I definitely think the the prison system's flawed because look at that. Like that guy did this, you know, 42 years in prison for three grams, less than three grams. That guy raped a girl and got three months and proved like it's for sure. He it, raped a girl. Yeah. It's not just, she said it was, yeah. he was caught in the act. And like shit like that is like, like I get it. Like I get that this guy sold three grams of crack, but he was 24 years old he was probably trying to, he was probably struggling in a shitty fucking situation in life trying to get by. I understand it's a shitty situation, but maybe if we gave him a way out and didn't ruin his life for 42 years, like he's 24 years old. So he's going to get out of prison when he's 66. It's kind of annoying to uh listen to that and then my my and How's la- he going to get out and be productive when he's 66 in society? My lady uh her cousin was just killed uh like Camelback over there it wasn't just killed it was a while ago they just went through the, the three or four people that just went through the courts uh this was like a week ago got their sentencing um one was like 30 years for the the guy who pulled the trigger and killed her cousin 
30 years. And then the accomplices with it, it's like 18 years, 18 years, 18 years. It's like, and then you're looking at that guy, it's 42 years. He didn't kill anyone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's selling crack, though. Crack's shitty. <laughs> but we but, just look at drugs like it's so much more extreme than murder. Yeah. Like, why is that? You know? Yeah, and I, I think it goes down to a cultural thing, too. I think uh, it's people think it's a simple fix. But I think it's it goes deeper. I think it goes real deeper, uh, real deep when it comes to uh, selling drugs. And have you watched that show on Netflix, Dope? It's a show, dude. Dope. I have not. It's like cops, but they ride around with the drug dealers. Those are some of the coldest people I've ever met in their life. Like some of them are sitting there like, yeah, this is all heroin. I'm about to go sell this to this guy. I know it kills. I know it fucks their entire life up, but I don't care. I need to make money. It goes into like deep on the, the drug, the, the hard drug dealer side. That's crazy. <laughs> like watching it. It's like eight, they got like six, seven episodes on it and they go deep into, it's like cops, but reversed. It's really cool. Um, watching it. But at the same time, it's like, Good Lord, I'm glad I'm not involved in that at all. Fuck. <laughs> There's just some, dude, some of the, like, some of the heart, most heartless people on there talking. Just like, yeah, I know I'm fucking that family up right now. I don't care. That's so fucked. Yeah, and that's, that's how they talk. It is true, though. I mean, that is how drug dealers feel. And, and if it's someone like that, man, I, I have no sympathy for them. At the same time, I feel bad for, like, the, the 1800 bucks worth of uh, prescription pills. That kind of sounds like someone was getting through trying to get by with a family is what it sounds like to me is yeah. that they're selling their own medication kind of for their family. Right. Um, so it's hard for me to hard for me to, I don't know. It's hard. It's hard to judge because <laughs> I see one side of it and I see another side where the one side's like the most evil you can ever possibly see. Yeah. This side is just like trying to make ends meet for, that's why for the, a kid. That's it's why hard. the mandatory minimums bother me because you have to treat everyone the same. And yeah. it should be a case-by-case case basis. And I think these these lawyers and the judges should be trained enough to be able to make that decision. Like this guy was just trying to get by and support his family selling his prescription versus this piece of shit has been a heroin dealer for 20 years in yeah. the suburb ruining lives. You know. Yeah. I wish we could see it, you know, as black and white, so easy. But yeah. shit, at the same time, liars are lawyer, or lawyers. Lawyers are liars. And a uh, bunch of liars. You can't, <laughs> you don't know what they're saying is true for the judge. You know, he's got to look at it kind of weird. Totally. <laughs> it's got to be a tough decision for that guy putting someone away. Right. And I wanted uh, to read this uh, this meme that came up on my feed earlier about teachers. So this says. The suggestion of arming the teachers in response to school shootings is really not that surprising. As a nation, we have hoisted pretty much every social problem onto teachers, expecting schools to be the solution for everything from unemployment to teen pregnancy and the war on drugs, all the while cutting their funding and lambasting them as lazy and selfish when they demand to be paid. They are the solution the scapegoat and the sacrificial lamb rolled into one. And I feel like that's so true about teachers today. Like fucking Trump sitting there talking about giving 
have you watched those speeches? He's talking yeah, about giving guns to teachers. I don't, dude. Honestly, I don't mind it. Um, I mind it a lot. I don't think I don't think it should be a mandatory thing, like your lady like forcing her to. I think if a carry teacher a gun, wants to sign up and carry if one, he wants to sign up and go through the training, and they're and he gets carry. vetted crazily. You know, crazy. Um, he, you know, we go through a bunch of steps for wheeling teachers because if i was a teacher and i had that option you're damn right yeah i would carry a concealed gun on me in class yeah but you would as a former army person that's what i'm saying i I don't think it should be a mandatory thing whatsoever but i think it should be a an option an option for 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 people who one are trained two are willing um and are and willing to go through these random trainings like even like I, I've been through some gun stuff, you know, in my life, and if they wanted me to go through more gun stuff, to be able to carry on the campus and whatnot, whatnot, you know, I'll go through it. I think the only thing it has to be is it can't be. It can't. If that happened, if teachers started carrying guns, it can't be well known. It can't be that. And I wouldn't want anyone to know. Like about it. teachers can't broadcast it to their classes because that would be the last thing. Like, because in my opinion, man. It's really easy for a football team to walk into a classroom and jump a teacher. That that could happen. And take their gun. Well, and that's and then it's because you've advertised yourself as a target. That's why I don't. No, that's what I mean. That's why I don't open carry. Like that's why I don't carry my gun. Yeah, showing exactly. Because if I'm in a bank or in a gas station or wherever, and someone robs that said gas station or said bank. I'm number one target. Exactly. Because I have the showing gun. Exactly. That's why I never I never let anyone know I have a gun. Ever. Yeah. I, I, I go into stores all the time, concealed of course. you know, concealed carry all the time and I don't want anyone to know. And that's how I'd be with this with a as a teacher holding a gun and I would like uh I would definitely want that mentality to be pushed against other teachers if they, you know, willingly decided to do that. Yeah. Cause I think it would. I think it would be beneficial. I do. Um, definitely not mandatory. Definitely not mandatory. Yeah, um, that's fair. That's a fair take on it. Because like if someone wanted to sign up and volunteer and carry one, great. And they got vetted, extremely vetted, and like went through every detail of that person's life, and like you know, uh, they put that dude through training, tons of training. Um, I think that'd be cool. I definitely. Cause, <laughs> I don't want to see. I'm. I'm just thinking of some of my teachers. Uh, I forgot his name. The biology teacher back in high school with us. Yeah. I can't remember his name. The goofy guy. Um, but uh, him. I'm just thinking about the him right now. Teacher, Mr. Predetto. No, no, no. Predetto is cool. It was the other one. The guy. Um, the guy who was like uh, into mushrooms a lot. Oh. <laughs> I can't remember his name. But I'm just sitting there thinking of that guy oh, with a gun. Older? Yeah, I'm just thinking about him with a gun right now, and that's not the guy you want, want to no. protect you. <laughs> I had Rosen Sweet for biology. I don't remember that guy. I can't remember his name, but it was a class I didn't pay attention to <laughs> too much. But, Fucking a. But you know, if it was like a, if it was a volunteer, and then you got you you went through. Uh, all that testing and whatnot. I think it. I think it could be beneficial. I definitely think it could, because I. All I think is in my mind. If I had, my little Glock, you know, forty-two. It's a little three-eighty. Carries you know six, seven bullets. Nothing crazy. If I had that concealed and I was in the built, the room next to that guy, when he started opening fire, 
you know, I could have, I could have went and met him. Yeah. Um, and I, and I guarantee I would have, I would have probably come out victorious there. I, yeah. A, a 19 year old with no experience. And then me, uh, I think, I think I could have, uh, you know, stopped it if it was right there. Um, so I don't know. I don't, I don't think it should be mandatory though. That's damn for sure. <laughs> That's for sure. Yeah. Mandatory is a stretch, but yeah, that is fair. If someone wants to volunteer and sign up, someone wants to volunteer and carry guns to protect kids. I get it. Yeah. And then keep it completely quiet. Keep it, you know, you carry it so on your ankle. This article in the New York times. <coughs> I was a Marine. I don't want guns in my classroom. I'd like to know what he did as a Marine. Before the United States Marine Corps allowed me to carry a live M16 assault rifle, I went through hundreds of hours of firearms training. Classroom sessions devoted to nomenclature, maintenance, and basic operation accounted for more than two weeks of study before I even set eyes on ammunition. For weeks, I carried an M16 without a magazine, a dummy weapon, basically. I secured it with a padlock every night while I slept in the barracks and unlocked it each morning before chow. Okay, fucking marine talk. I was about to say, so all that sounded good until he said the padlock thing. I don't know how the marine basic training went, but we did the same thing until we got to that point. We didn't padlock or, or, or we had M4s. We, I slept with that thing. I cuddled it with yeah. no padlock. And uh, I actually kind of want to call Chad <laughs> to see if they had the padlock because that sounds... Sounds a little far-fetched. That right there just sounds a little far-fetched. That doesn't happen. Yeah. Uh, only, only at the shooting range was I allowed to check out magazines and ammo from the armory. The first day at the range, I spent 12 hours disassembling, cleaning, and reassembling the weapon. I had to do this blindfolded. Do they have to do that blindfolded? We did that in the, in the barracks, though. You wouldn't go all the way out to the ranges to, uh... Do shit blindfolded? Yeah, to sit there and reassemble your weapon and disassemble it. You go out there and shoot, and then you come back. That's what we did. We had to do this while a drone instructor hurried me, yelling that enemies were at the gate. See, we would do that, but in the barracks while we were, you know, on our free time, we'd sit there and then eventually we got tested, you know, like to see if you can do it. But yeah, at the ranges, you're out there shooting, man. It says Marines had to do burpees for punishment for not being able to reassemble their weapons fast enough. Yeah, that's accurate. <laughs> uh, you should send this to Chad. See, see what he thinks because he went through his uh, his basic, which was Marine basic, and uh, he might have a better uh, take on that. Because from the Army side, that sounds like a bunch of crap. All right, I sent it to Chad. The Chad. <laughs> The Chad. The Army side, that sounds like this guy. My writing partner was a Marine, too. I could ask him. He was in camp, whatever the fuck it is. Pendleton? Pendleton? The Mississippi one? I don't know. I just know there's there's like the San Diego one and there's an East Coast one. He did the East Coast one. Is it Paris Island? Paris Island, yeah. See, I know Army stuff. I don't know the Marine stuff. Um, this, This Marine sounds like a pussy to me. Well, that's why the first thing I said was, like, I would like to know what he did in the Marines. That was the first thing I said. Because <laughs> the dude could have been a cook in the Marines and barely touched the weapon. I don't know. If he's saying he has so much training, why doesn't he want guns in his classroom? Yeah, let's get to that part. 
Um, I'm not sure. Because he was sitting there talking about how how much dedication he basically put towards a firearm to make him qualified for a firearm is what it sounded like. But before I even got to the military, I was qualified with a ar- uh, firearm. Oh, I think we're getting there. He says, here's something I didn't think about. I did not think about arming myself to protect my students. President Trump on Thursday specified that he wants only certain teachers, highly adept people, people that understand weaponry to be armed. I will... Im- immodestly state that among professors in the United States, I am almost certainly one of the best shooters, but I would never bring a weapon into a classroom. The presence of a firearm is always an invitation to violence. Weapons have no place in the learning environment. I disagree right there. Right Last there. month, the state legislator in West Virginia, where my university is located, introduced the campus self-defense act. This would prohibit colleges and universities from designating their campuses as gun free zones. If this act becomes law, I will resign my professorship. What? I will not work in an environment where professors and students pack heat. This dickweed this dick we just said a firearm is an invitation for violence. I disagree. I disagree so hard with that. I because disagree. that guy walking into the school in Florida came in there with violence and no one was in there strapped get ready to kill this guy he went in there because he was fucked up and wanted to kill people oh for sure. violence violence happens everywhere we go it's it's life life isn't you know blowjobs and rainbows man it life's hard and and this guy just said it's just an invitation okay and this is one thing i wanted to talk about this says when i was a young marine i had to learn how to use many weapons it was part of my mission to support and defend the constitution of the united states my mission these days is to, to write books and teach literature and creative writing. It's a noble calling, too. But no one should be asked to put his life on the line for it. That sounds like a pussy. Okay, so my biggest issue with that, no one should be asked to put their life on the line <laughs> for it. sounds like a pussy. No one's asking teachers to put their life on the line. Nope. People are just asking people to be prepared in unforgiving situations. Just be good individuals, and, man. And in my... <sighs> limited experience on this planet my biggest issue with safe spaces and my biggest issue with this fucking pussy generation is that people keep acting like life is all fucking fairy tales and it's safe and it's not fucking safe and people need to stop acting like it is like this guy's like no one should be asked to put their life on the line at school and it's like well schools are getting arguably more dangerous as time goes on because more psychos are out there and in America, we're kind of more fortunate than other countries because we don't have fucking tanks rolling down our street and shit. Yep. Like, life isn't all fucking rainbows all the time. Like, kids do grow up in war zones all over the country or all over the world. Like, there are fucking kids who have horrible experiences. And I'm just saying that it doesn't make sense that we're, like, acting like, um, it should all be peaches and rainbows and nothing should ever happen at schools. Shit does happen at schools and people need to recognize it and stop acting like they're safe zones and nothing bad can ever fucking happen. This just this just sounded like a it's like an anti-Trump hit because this guy was just going on going against what Trump said about the school arming teachers and whatnot. Yep. 
it just it just sounds like a an anti-Trump hit because when it gets down to it, he said, "My mission what does it say? My mission these days is write books and literature and creative writing, <laughs> but not I shouldn't be able uh, I shouldn't be uh, asked to put my life on the line." He just sounds like a fucking coward. I I carry a gun on me. I carry a knife on me. Even if I didn't have any of those things, I would. If if something broke out in front of me, I would put my life on the line. Even without my military training, it's just my human instinct yeah. to stop evil. And, you know, and I, that right there just sounds like a straight coward. That's all that is right there. <laughs> I just don't get how this guy was a trained Marine. That's Dude, I, it goes back to the first thing I said reading the first line of that article. I would like to know what that guy did as a Marine. Yeah. Cause he doesn't say right away. He didn't sound like any of my, uh, you he know, the combat Marine, one of my buddy Marines that I know, you know, like yeah. Chad or my buddy, Eric, like he doesn't sound like any of them immediately. And so this guy just sounds like uh, a straight twack right away. I just don't understand. Um, I mean, obviously there's going to be varying opinions across the board, but I just don't understand how people can honestly say, that that they don't think protecting people with guns is an answer. Like I don't get how what they don't show is the statistics of the amount of guns that have protected people. They show the yeah. amount of shootings that have been around, but they you never see in the media the amount of times guns have stopped totally bad people. They never show it. And I don't understand how we always gloss over the fact that the president's never been shot and killed. It's been a long time since that happened, right? What, 80 years? 60 <laughs> yeah. years? When was uh, JFK? It's been a long time since that. In the 60s was JFK? I'm going to Google it. <coughs> it's been a long time since that. Um, and and you, shit, you could go down a rabbit hole right so now. So JFK was shot in 1963. You so could, that was 55 years ago. You could go down a rabbit hole with conspiracy theories on that one. Too. Oh, I love conspiracy theories. We <laughs> talked about them last night. I love dropping down bit. into those. <laughs> um, but what I'm saying with this one is you don't think protecting the president with more guns has stopped them from getting assassinated? Well, that's the whole argument with every person, every every uh, senator or president, whoever has, have armed guards. whoever has lived, any high up political figure. It's all surrounded by guns. Surrounded. At all times. They got and their children. Their kids. Everyone. everyone. They're ready to go. Um, they're ready to fight a small army. Yep. At the same time, they're sitting there preaching we shouldn't have guns. If you were really anti-gun... You, you wouldn't have an armed guard. Man, you should be walking around with no armed guards. Yep. Just some MMA fighters or something. Yep. Something like that. If you were really anti-gun. Yep. But... But they're not. They're just uh, they're just feeding into the political corporate bullshit that the NRA feeds the Republican side, and the anti-gun corporate legislation gets pushed onto the Democrats. And it, it's no different. Did you see all the corporations who dropped the NRA because of the re- the recent shooting? Yeah. Stupid. They're all. Uh, I mean, I get it. They don't want to take money from the NRA, but they've been taking money from the NRA for decades. So what's different now? The NRA just wants our Second Amendment to be 
kept and preserved. That's all. It's not like the NRA is sending out these school shooters. So I don't understand why we're getting blamed. Or not we. I'm not part of the NRA, but why they're getting blamed for all this. Oh, I'm with you there. They're they're literally out there just to make sure the Second Amendment is one of the first the companies that would cut ties with the gun rights lobbying group was the first national bank in Omaha. <coughs> they sound like a huge company. Other companies <laughs> like United Airlines, MetLife, Hertz, Best Western have followed suit. Okay, those are big companies. Yeah, <laughs> the first but, one out of Omaha didn't so seem too big. All that means to me is funny. Cause look at look at what United Airlines tweeted. United is notifying the NRA that they will no longer offer a discounted rate to their annual meeting, and we are asking that the NRA remove our information from their website. So United Airlines was so in bed with the NRA that they gave every NRA member fucking discounted flights. Now they're just covering their to ass. NRA to <laughs> fucking events. Exactly. They're just they they're like oh. Uh, don't look at us. We did nothing. We're not involved with guns. So politically driven. And so everyone's just trying to cover their own ass and no one actually gives a fuck. Everyone's just like, uh, no, we don't want our stocks to go down. <laughs> that's, like, that's all it is, man. It's all money. Everything you look oh, at. Of course it's money. That's everything you look at and every subject you talk about these days. It all roots back to money, 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 money. Even like the news News articles, anything. It's just all money, man. <laughs> United and Delta. Delta bailed out, too. Yeah, fucking A. <laughs> That's not even... I don't know. It's not the NRA's fault. Uh, they just like to preserve the uh, Second Amendment, which I heard you you were talking about the Constitution the other day on your last one or two. I like the Constitution a lot. Yeah. I do. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I just think it's a fucking piece of... It's a relic, and it needs to go in a museum. I think it's one of those things that preserve a lot of our main rights. And once you start amending, and you, once you start twisting and fabricating, then you start losing those rights. And then, Oh, yeah. I'm not saying we can't then, put all that shit back in there. Well, and then who knows how... Like, it might... So, how it is now, you can amend it and change it a little bit. And it'll be like, oh, it sounds good. Yeah. But what about in 20 years and then 40 years and 50 years? Like, how, how much are we going to amend and twist this shit to, you know what I mean? It could, I don't know. I feel like it, it keeps us on somewhat of a straight path. It's all, it's all, you know, it was made back in the day, but it's all decent shit, uh, relatable shit for the most part. Uh, yeah, but I think it's pretty bad. Oh, there's freedom of speech on there, too. What happens when you lose that? You know, guns. No, I would never get rid of all of that. I'm just saying we could rewrite it. You wouldn't. Oh, I wouldn't. But the the money up in Washington. I would just like to rewrite it in a fashion that makes sense, um, that people can understand. And I would like to... I read the Constitution the other day. You should pull it up. It's reword some... I'm telling you, it's pretty. It's pretty close. It's pretty. It's it's still pretty good. I'll point out some flaws real quick. Well, there was a few that were, yeah, uh, <laughs> they were a little old, but at the same time, there a lot of it was pretty, uh, pretty relevant still. <clears throat> if you look past the old writing of it, you know. <laughs> yeah. Why Why can't I just find a fucking image of it to read on? Yeah, that was. Yeah, go ahead and read that. I gotta read that fucking bullshit. <laughs> the first initial scribblings of it. Cursive. <laughs> um But everything everything you could you can relate it to 
current times. I was sitting there reading each each one, and it was relating to current times, man. Is this is this all of it? We, the people of the United States, in order to form a more perfect union, establish justice, ensure domestic tranquility, provide for the common defense, promote the general welfare, and secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity, do ordain and establish this constitution for the United States of America. All sounds good. I'd tattoo that on my body. Oh, my God. Uh, no sh- person shall be a representative who shall not be should not have attained the age of 25 years and been seen years a citizen and been seven years a citizen of the United States and who shall not when elected be an inhabitant of that state in which he shall be chosen. Yeah, that why we got shall and shit in there, <laughs> Dan. What does that even mean? So that's what I'm saying. If you can look past the the old timer writing on that, um, you can't. If you can't look past, if you, could, if you just skip it out. Uh, this is all talking about the representatives. Maybe I was talking about the Constitution. I was really talking about the Bill of Rights. Bill of Rights. Well, Constitution's good too. The Bill of Rights is good too. That's all the amendments and whatnot. Um, Bill of Rights is all still there too. So what I'm talking about is the shit that says, uh, <laughs> a w- amendment two: a well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. You don't think that's a good thing? I think it's great. Can you tell me what all that means? <laughs> so, so I'm going to, I'll dumb it down Without for you. Without us arguing about it? Well, I'll dumb it down for you. So it kind of goes... It's for the Second Amendment, correct? Yep. Absolutely. So it's saying if our government now decides to turn on all of us. For sure. A militia is what we need to fuck that government up. For sure. <laughs> and, and so it's basically regulating so we can't go into a dictatorship. All right. Can we go on to the third one? <laughs> sure. Let's get the third no one. No soldier shall, in time of peace, be quartered in any house without the consent of the owner, nor in time of war. But in a manner to be prescribed by law. Thank God we haven't got to get there yet. So, no, uh, no one has invaded us yet where this has to come into. But this isn't a time of peace. This was made. It, it's technically a time of peace right now. We're not at war. We're but in this conflict. says no soldier shall in a time of peace be courted in any house without the consent of an owner. So basically what that means That's saying is if, a bunch if we're of- not in war, a soldier cannot stay in a house forcibly. A bad soldier. Yeah. You don't think that's the good thing? But it says if we're in a time of peace, why would a soldier ever be in America during a time of peace? That's happening right now. We're in a time of peace, and there's ISIS in America right now. Are they forcing themselves in the houses and staying there? They could. <laughs> but no, we have, I think, think, I think we you're looking a, at the word force wrong. You think we need that amendment to I think it's just harboring a, harboring a enemy soldier is what they're looking at. My there. point, Dan, is this shit is so fucking outdated, <laughs> we can't even agree on what that fucking Third Amendment <laughs> you gotta, means. You got to look past that. Look at the Third Amendment, people. Hey, it's amazing. Well, the Third Amendment, fuck any enemy soldier, so... <laughs> Oh. <laughs> it should all it should all be done anyway. Uh, it's just to me it's just so archaic and we need to write like uh fucking rights for 
you know, women, the word men is still in there. Oh, All men are created equal. See, it's see, I didn't even. Shit. I don't even notice that until you say something. Like, if someone says something, like the the word, <laughs> like a uh, freshman. Or that, like, yeah. I just, that all just sounds like everyone to this me. This is a big issue for me, Dan. That's everyone for me. <laughs> you have no idea. Are you aware that we're not allowed to say the word freshman anymore? Yeah, that's, it's that's happening. That's ridiculous. It's happening. Because that's, so when I hear firemen, all I think is everyone who's a fireman. I don't think, I don't <laughs> think of girls, boys, well, whatever. Let me tell you, in the fire academy, they should be teaching you to respect women a little more, oh, Dan, man. and you shouldn't be calling yourself a fireman. See, I never even think about it until someone brings it up, and then I'm like, oh, okay, here we go. Yeah. No, I agree. This shit's getting a little ridiculous, <laughs> but at the same time, I'm very affected by it in my day-to-day life. Like, so we can't say so freshman is going away, right? It's first year student. That's so right? stupid, man. So a number of years ago, the FAFSA, which is the uh, free application for federal student aid that all students have to fill out for public education funding for college, um, they got rid of parent, uh, father and mother fields. They switched to parent one and parent two to be gender <laughs> neutral. Jesus. So that also forces schools to change their databases and get rid of mother and father because they can't distinguish between, okay, this name is mother and this name is father. So everyone has to change their shit to be parent one and parent two, right? So Which that's a little... I, okay, so let me hit you with a more extreme one. I'll get, I'll, get a, I'll get a little on the left side with that. I understand So now it. the new thing is they're getting rid of harsh words. The, oh God! What is that? We're not allowed to put students on academic probation anymore because you're you're giving them stress because you're saying that because word. the word probation is too harsh Damn. and it's too closely tied with like probation for like you know le- legality, so it's got to be like an academic <laughs> warning or an academic like flag or something like <laughs> neutral something nicer that doesn't trigger the kids jesus christ because man. these kids are too sensitive to hear the word probation that's the one thing i hate about living flagstaff there's a lot of college kids around me and <laughs> there was a lot of shit i dealt with like that where <laughs> i got mad i got in trouble for saying mexican the other day yep like back not, not i say the other day but i meant flagstaff back in flagstaff i said mexican my mexican buddy Aaron, I was talking about my buddy Aaron, big Mexican guy. <laughs> and they're just like, you can't say that word. Like, what what word? Why can't you say Mexican? They're like, Mexican, it's that's a bad word. Why is it a bad word? I'm like, that's that's what they they are. That, that's their culture. That's the, <laughs> that's a, who he is. I'm a white guy, he's a Mexican guy. That's, <laughs> I don't know how else to explain it. And like what are you supposed to say then? I had someone, you know, questioning me like I was some just fucking racist guy and i was like whoa <laughs> you know not the case man yeah. not the case <laughs> i don't understand that type of shit <laughs> yeah it's it's getting bad and that's what i've been talking about with like gender pronouns and stuff and like people can like say that like you know you can't use my gender pronoun you gotta you gotta call me you gotta call me zim or Zur or whatever. Until I'd, and it's like, no, you can't ask people to do that. You can't fucking ask people to change their, their speech because you just decided there's some new word. If someone told me that, I'd tell them to fuck right off. I'm right? not going to call you that. But even then we're getting on the level that you can't use the word Mexican anymore. Like, yeah. like no, that's that's they're from Mexico. Yeah. Their family is from Mexico. They're Mexican. 
Like that is that's why we call them Mexicans. We don't call them Spanish. They're not DNA. from Spain. It's in their DNA. <laughs> it is in their DNA. I don't get it. It's hard, man. I don't fucking get it. I uh I don't want to be called white then anymore if we're not allowed to say Mexican. Well shit, that's stop stop judging me based on my lack of color on my skin. <laughs> Look at me, I'm Pale. I'm not white. I'm, I'm pale as shit, I'm man. American. One of my dreams is to be on Naked and Afraid. And with my skin color, if I get stuck in Africa, I'm fucked. Oh, my God. Stop it. <laughs> because I, I'm burned immediately. Oh, my God. That's my... <laughs> I, I feel... I feel... Uh, I feel like my skin color is bringing me down, too. That's classic. <laughs> Dude, it's, it's a problem, man. Well, then... You know, it's funny because I never looked up what the word millennial meant until you had your podcast. Oh, yeah? I never did. I just thought it was the weak-hearted people like we were just talking about. That's it was funny. what a millennial was. That's what I thought because I never looked it up. And then you did your podcast. I was like, millennial in Arizona, what the hell? And so I looked up millennial, and I'm like, shit, I'm a millennial. You're a millennial for sure. <laughs> like, damn, what? Yeah. Um. Yeah, that, that word, I think... Has been trashed badly to mean what we were just talking about. Yeah, basically. I'd really like to reclaim it a little bit. I think it was basically trashed so bad. Like, <laughs> it's funny. So after your podcast, I looked it up, and I had one of the instructors in my fire academy, who's shit not old, not too much older than me. Uh, he's like a year or two older than me, and he starts talking. He's like, "You millennials." To us. Yeah. And I just like kind of giggled to myself, you know, it's like, you're a millennial, bud. Yeah. <laughs> if you want to really get deep down on this, like, you're, you're a millennial. Motherfucker. I know I argued with my writing partner, John, about it because he's like 35-ish. <laughs> he's like, I'm not a millennial. I'm like, eh, you're a millennial. Well, that's what I thought, too. I, I thought the same shit. And I was like, dude, I got calluses all up and down my hands. Like, I fucking work my ass off. Like, yeah. I get called shit all the time and it's I don't an get offended. Range. I don't get offended on shit, and and that's what I thought it was. Was millennial was, you're always offended. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and so, I know. I'm sick of like the weird stigmas. Like what really triggered me is that um, <laughs> triggered. I used air quotes <laughs> on that one. Um, what really bothered me is they started calling uh, millennials uh, the people who are eating Tide Pods. I'll take another beer, dude. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I'm gonna have to go run and run and pee real quick. We'll just keep going. Um, oh, thanks, man. Um, the fucking they were saying millennials were eating Tide Pods, and I was like, no, we're not. I was like, no, we are not. We're not in high school. We're not 15 smoking Tide Pods on the internet, like you motherfuckers. Like that is not my generation. God damn it! Like we have the right to be called millennials, and we have a right to say we're not eating fucking Tide Pods, you motherfuckers. And maybe, and then I had to defend, and then I had to be like, okay, well, maybe some millennials are. Maybe there's some 18, 19 year old fucks who are on that borderline. Who are eating Tide Pods. But I can't speak for all of the millennials, but <laughs> Millennial, most of us aren't eating Tide Pods. Millennial is just a crappy term that grouped us all together. <laughs> Straight up, dude. It's just a crappy term that Straight grouped up. us all together. Where people are like so stigmatized by the word and they're like, no, I don't want to be millennial. And I'm like, why? I'm a millennial and I'm fine with it. I was cool with it until everyone started shitting on us online. Well, see, see, man, without your, uh, without your podcast, I would, uh, I'd still be hating, you know, p- 
pissed off if someone called me a millennial. I'm glad. I'd still be pissed off. Just like, hey, don't call me that shit. I'm glad we could address that. (laughs) Cause I, I I work my ass off. I got calluses on my hand. I, you know, I, (laughs) I I don't don't complain about shit. So when, uh, (laughs) I finally actually looked up millennial. Oh yeah. My, don't mind my wall of beer bottles there. Jeremy took off. He had to take a pee. Yeah, I couldn't think of anything to talk about. I figured we could probably cut it out. I listened to Bill Burke podcast. Nah, I ain't gonna cut it out. I like the I like the genuine. I gotta pee. I gotta go. <laughs> Bill, uh, Bill Burke podcast, man. It's funny because he'll he'll sit there and oh, I, you know, I gotta take this phone call or I, I gotta pee or whatever, and all of a sudden it goes silent, and then immediately he's back. Yeah, he's like, ah, I'm back because they just cut it because they cut it out. <laughs> he always just cuts it. <laughs> yeah, I don't feel like. Uh, I don't really feel like spending a whole lot of time editing. I mean, I've spent a lot of time on the podcast and I spent a lot of time on my website and setting it all up and everything. And I don't feel like going back and spending more time editing shit and fucking cutting out dead air. And like, I don't give a fuck. Like people can wait hour you add to your, yeah, well, it'd be an hour of you just listening to it to figure out what needs to be edited. Totally. And then you got to add on whatever time it takes on top of that. Yeah. I'm totally fine with people just waiting 30 seconds for me to pee. Yeah, <laughs> like fucking whatever. I do appreciate everyone listening. Uh, I didn't give him a shout out yet. Trask, thank you again for the intro. Trask, now his SoundCloud's linked on all my posts. Uh, go check him out. Uh, he's up in Flagstaff, Arizona. He's killing it. Uh, so thank you again, Trask. Go check that shit out. And Nick Craft, help me out with my logo and the website. Uh, thank you again, man. I uh, really, really appreciate it. Uh, and thank you, everyone, who's listened so far. I uh, definitely appreciate all the feedback I've gotten. appreciate all the kind words everyone said and everyone who's listened. I uh, really appreciate it. Um, and if you have enjoyed the podcast so far, please share it. And uh, keep sharing it with your friends and, and let people know. Um, help me get people listening. I'm really struggling getting the podcast out there and getting new listeners. So. Uh, just help me out. Help me out with the word of mouth campaign and kind of kind of keep us going. Really appreciate everyone who's listened so far. <laughs> Especially if they're listening to this conversation. Yeah, man. We've dude. been all over the place. I think people like that, though. I think people like, like the genuine conversations of, like, yesterday, me and Tyler bounced from, uh, like, gun control to aliens. I was just like, nice. do you believe in aliens? <laughs> like, I don't know how we transitioned there, but... <laughs> I mean, in in the flow of a conversation, it just happens, you know, like, it's like, I don't want, I don't want to like stick to, that was when I, like, I was trying to decide like what kind of podcast to make and shit like that. Like, I didn't want to make a podcast, like people make, you know, superhero podcasts or comic book podcasts or like you were saying political ones or like, uh, now you could jump everywhere and hit every subject. Yeah. Like, I don't want to. 
I don't want to put myself pigeonholed in that area where people listen to my podcast because like, oh, Jeremy does like a, a movie podcast where he talks about movies all the time. Like, I don't want to talk about movies all the time. Just talk about whatever happens. Yeah. You know, we, we should ever go into a, have you ever uh, thought about a end of the world situation podcast? What do you mean? If zombies happen or whatever. Because I got about seven hours worth of information I can throw at oh, you. Let's hear it. Let's talk about it. You want to talk about that now? Yeah, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> okay. Okay. So. <laughs> end of the world. Like what? Like you're talking like doomsday prepping? I'm, talk- like, I'm talking. Like the TV show doomsday preppers? I'm talking like you are at your house right now with your lady and your dog. And shit hits the fan. What and do we do? shit hits the fan. And it's like, dude, we got to go. Like, or we got to stay. Depends on what your, you know, your mindset is on it. But like, the global market crashes and zombies attack or whatever. Like, what am I doing right now to prepare? Yeah. Like, what, what, what's your game plan if shit hits the fan right now? I guess realistically, I don't have one and it depends on the situation. I, 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 I've been learning of what I would do, but hopefully I, hopefully I can hit you up. I've been planning it forever. I'd like to super, super friend up, but maybe that's not the best situation. You get up this, go straight up to 17 to me. Yeah. That'd be nice. Dude, I got it. I got it made out there. So I always (laughs) thought that the ultimate goal would be to go North to like Flagstaff. Too many people like elevation would be ideal. Depends on the situation. But I don't know if you would want to go up there because supplies would be limited. You know what I'm saying? Be a situation because. Uh, but I always thought my my ultimate plan would be count my bullets, just hunker down, count my resources, <laughs> see how much food I have. Do we have time to go get more food, or do we just need to make do with what we got? See how much water we have and go from there. I, mean, I think bullets are a big one. You got a big dog. That's good meat. I think. <laughs> I'm just joking. I've thought about that. I'm not. I would not lie. Being a screenwriter and writing stories, like super fucked up stories, I have definitely like said out loud, like, "Oh yeah, I'd eat. I'd eat crypto if there was a zombie apocalypse." Last, for sure. Last resort. What am I gonna do? Last resort. I'll eat the dog. Yeah. It's not even like. No, I wouldn't eat him on day one. But maybe two years in, when we're getting pretty scarce on the food, like <laughs> two and, and a half weeks with no food, and he's getting yeah, he's getting up there with the cancer cells in his body, might want to just take care of that and eat him, like. But even that, I fucking cry, man. I love my dog so much. No, but like, uh, I I do I do think the doomsday prepper shows have some kind of bearing in the sense of. When we watch natural disasters happen these days, like what just happened in Texas and Louisiana, Florida, shit like that, shit does hit the fan and people do have to stay home for three weeks without being able to go anywhere. And it is kind of like, damn, like, I don't know if I could even make it three weeks with what I got in my fridge. I think I could. You know what I'm saying? I I, I keep a stupid amount of water bottled, um, whatnot. The food immediately, I would start transferring most of my shit to the freezer to preserve what I could for as long as possible. Yeah. Um, to freeze it. Once the you know the freezer goes out though, then you start you got to start eating in order from what's not. Yeah, frozen. I mean, what happens if electricity dies day one? Yep. Then you got to start dealing with that kind of stuff. Have um, you heard that? Processed foods good. Well, for survival, I, I I'm absolutely against processed food. I'm, 
I'm a, a strict keto diet, and I... Are you? Yep, strict keto. Keto so. diet's, like, really controversial lately. Oh, dude, you want to go into that, too? It's, like, going oh. growing into popularity. I think we're, we're going to have be material the... for a lot of podcasts here, th- Dan. Yeah, we'll bring up keto later. <laughs> I, think it's, to... I think it's going to be the new health study down. books within 30 years. I really do. I think it's good. I think it's it, it makes a lot of sense. It's the burning fat in your body, not eating carbs... I think carbs are cancer, man. It makes sense. I think carbs and sugar is cancer. I like a lot of the stuff Joe Rogan's been saying lately about, um, about as, you know, fat's not bad for you. As I'm drinking salt's a not bad Coors for you. Light, I'm like, don't drink, don't eat carbs. Right. <laughs> oh, I love carbs. Everyone loves carbs, but that's why America's fat. Dude, salt's good for you. Butter's good for you. Um, fats are all I don't want to get you, off man. this topic, though. Yeah, we'll go. We'll, we'll bring that up later. The doomsday um, preppers. <laughs> <laughs> but um, uh, have you heard of J- that Joe Rogan joke? It's pretty old. It's like how uh, he's like, do you know what you would do in the end of the world? Like, uh, what happens if all the smart people just vanish off the planet? Like idiocracy. And he's like, what? He's like, what do you do when the power goes off? I'll tell you what I do. And he walks over to the stool on the stage and sits down on it, and he just looks around. He's like. This is what I do. Just sit around and wait for the power to come back on. He's like, I don't know what they do to turn it back on. Like, I don't. He's like, what happens if, what happens to all the all the smart people just vanished, all of them? He's like, power goes out. He's like, what happens? He's like, and and uh, he's like, I'm not smart enough to turn it back on. I have no fucking idea. He's like, what would we do? We would just all start coming out of our houses, like what's going on? And, uh, and he kind of like finishes it with, um, uh, like if you, if I left you alone on a desert Island, like how long until you could just send me an email? <laughs> like how long till you figure that out? Like, would you ever See? like, and it's like such a good point. Like in the, in the disaster scenario, what you're saying, like doomsday prepping and stuff, like what does happen on the global scale? To people who can't do anything without technology, like it's bad. I feel I feel decent in in the fact that I'm a highly intelligent person, and I think I can figure shit out. You know what I mean? I think my survival instincts would kick in, and my brain's big enough that I can fucking process information and survive. Do you yeah. know what I mean? I, like, I have basic concepts of creating fire, cooking, purifying water, shit like that. But I don't know. Like, I've never done it for sure, and I'm not prepared. We'll see but I don't know on a global scale what, like, normal people would just do. Like, the, your average day, mom and pop with three kids, like, do they survive or well, you, do they not? You, I don't think they do. You have the idea of starting fire and like in collecting water and easy stuff like that. But you have to consider that there's millions of people around you. Oh, doing the same shit, doing the same shit, Freaking not out. being able to do the same shit. Freaking out. Come and trying to kick your door open. Trying uh-huh. to get it. That's why I live up. <laughs> I live up in the boonies. Up I think north, that's man. the biggest danger. And they always say people in disaster scenarios, people uh, are the biggest are the threat. Worst, man, that's the worst. That's why I have a, I have a plan to get to a, I have a cabin. My parents have a cabin. Oh, uh, now everyone knows. I'm dude. not going to say where, but it's up north, not near Flagstaff. It's 
you know, down towards Kingman-ish a little bit. But it's way out there in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. And it's, what is it, the 40 that comes down from Flag to Kingman? Yeah. The Dude, it was like an hour and a half off the dirt on a dirt road off of the 40. That's how far out it is there. Yeah. And I even have a – so for me to get there from here, I have to go up to 17, you know, through the pass, which – <laughs> you've been stuck there coming to a, from a Cardinals game with one crash. You know how bad that shit is up there? Dude, I even that have wasn't a, one crash. That was a uh, – I'll, I'll tell that story when you're done. But I, I have – so that would be my main route. And if that route ever got closed, I have a dirt route that I found and I have mapped to get me up to where I need to go. That's badass. From my house. I could take a dirt road all the way so up to this cabin. Disaster scenario prepared. Dude, I'm telling you. I'm telling you, I have enough rounds in my house to fight off a third world country. God damn it. <laughs> I could do it. All right, we got to super team up if shit hits the fan, Dan. I can do it. When that yeah. 22, uh, when everyone was like worried about 22 ammo, I came into a large cache of it. <laughs> I remember us talking about that. Yeah, I got a lot of it. <laughs> I remember us talking about that. I still need some 22 you might ammo. Not, you want some? Just take a handful or two out of my bag, out yeah. of my my bucket i got i do need some it's like one of those home depot buckets really it's full of ammo I do, dude i do need some <laughs> for full sure. of 25 you still can't buy 22 ammo like anywhere <laughs> man it's all so fast so i've seen i've seen it a little bit more but yeah Me it's, too, a couple it's places still hard i, I remember as a the kid long rifle i've seen the, i see the little uh 22 short rounds the shorts are easy it's yeah the, the long long rifles. rifles you can't get man mm-hmm. they're hard or the mags you can't get either those mags yeah, are hard. Everyone's buying them. Mine are all long rifle, man. Twenty-two Honestly, long man, rifle. Uh, I still need to buy some more guns. I would like to add to my collection. I got, I got about twelve in my mind. I need a shotgun. I got about twelve in my mind that I want. I need a shotgun. That's shotgun. That's the best gun in the next world, on man. The list. That's the best gun in the world. You get yeah. home defense. You can hunt. If I had to, if I had to pick one gun to go the rest of my life with, shotgun, shotgun twelve gauge. You can hunt. Oh, yeah, you can hunt. Yeah. Well, because then you can buy some slugs and you, you know, you can. Oh, shit. Well, even they if make you can, every type of bullet for a shotgun. Yeah, you can get covered. some slugs to kill some big elk. You can. It'd be hard to get close to those elk. You got to stalk them pretty, pretty tight. But uh, shotgun, though, that'd be it. Home, home defense, everything. Yeah. That gun would work. Yeah, I need to get one. If I had to pick one, you know, I'd rather take a rifle out to go deer hunt, but. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, if you're ever in the market, man, uh, and you want to start looking around and ask me, uh, I got some ideas. I definitely I got some one. knowledge. I sold some guns for a while. No, I definitely need one. Oh, I know you did. I need one. Yeah, I sold No, I thought I would go buy one from Jesse and Havasu. Dude, I went to a shop. Uh, me did and my you? dad went there. I want to go check uh, it out. It's a really cool shop, man. It's really I cool. Don't, I just don't go up back to Havasu very often anymore. Me neither. Me neither. Uh, that's why I made it a, made it a point that... Uh, I went in there. Me and my dad went in there. Um, badass. He has some really cool shit, man. Yeah. Um, some stuff I actually... I saw the pictures online. Yeah, it was all stuff that I actually really wanted. Like, normally I go into gun stores and I look at half the stuff. It's like, nah, I, I care less to own that. Yeah. Dude, I was in his store and I was just like, cool damn, shit. I want that, I want that, I want that. Uh, what's the name of it? Do you know? Our like Site uh, 6, Six Armory. Site 6 Armory in yeah. Lake Havasu. Yeah, Check it's, that a re- out. it's a really cool gun store, man. He's yeah, doing, I uh, a lot of cool stuff. I just like I just kind of have this sense about me lately that I just like if I have a friend that I can support that is doing something like that, like I would like to support them 
and spend my money at their store rather than a competitor store. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, man, I went through, I did my concealed carry with Jesse. Did you? Uh, yep. Uh, I, I haven't bought a gun from him yet just because I haven't bought a gun in a long time. So when I do buy a gun, I'll probably go through there. That's dope. Um, he's got this little thing where it's like a Glock converter. You take a Glock pistol and you can convert Dude, it. You saw it, the rifle thing? Yeah, you can convert it into a rifle. I was like, I that's badass, it. man. Oh, my God. <laughs> I don't know what it's called, but it's pretty cool. But I saw that and I was like, yup, I need that. You know, eventually I'll get there. Dude, it was probably one of the coolest <laughs> things I've seen. Didn't he post a video of it? He might have. He, I, I think I've seen it on one of the things he posted, but it's pretty cool. Pretty cool oh, gun, man. That's a twenty-two converter. Yeah, it's just like it's not even a gun. It's literally, <laughs> it's literally just like a giant holster for a pistol that turns it into a <laughs> yeah a rifle. It's pretty badass. Man. I saw that. It was fucking crazy <laughs> looking. It was uh, yeah. I get really psyched about guns. Like I nerd out on them for sure. I really love uh reading up on them and. Reading about the different types. My biggest issue is, uh, like, I don't think I've ever shot a Glock before. Like, I've shot a lot of different brands of guns. I don't think I've ever shot a Glock. What I always tell people who don't like Glocks or never touch Glocks, it's just 94% of all law enforcement use a Glock. So it's got to be <laughs> decently good weapon. It's got to be decent. <laughs> if 90-something percent, Did the you military, know. Didn't the military just switch to Sig Sawyer's? The Sours? Um, yeah. When I was in, it was all the Berettas, man. I never touched a pistol in the military, though. Um, I had a M4, and then we had the Sasses and the XM2010s. We had a lot of sniper yeah, rifles with the us, Beretta, too. The Beretta got replaced by the Sig Sawyer. Is it Sour? Sour, How yeah. How do you fucking say that? Um, yeah, the U.S. Army on Thursday awarded Sig, nice. <clears throat> Sig a contract worth... 580 million to make the next service pistol based on the company's P320 handgun. So got rid of that Beretta. That's cool. Yeah. So they beat out Glock and Beretta for the new contract. Yeah, because I always saw the Berettas like in the armory and whatnot. I never shot one in Dude, the military. I'd really like never. to have a Beretta. Yeah. Well, you probably find them cheap now. Dude. Now, now that Sig's taking over. You probably find one of them I've, cheap. I always just thought Berettas were were like those sleek looking guns that I was <laughs> like, that looks like something a fucking gangster would have. Like, <laughs> you is. know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like a Beretta was one of those like uh, to me like a German movie gun. Like, <laughs> it does look kind of foreign with that barrel up top. Yeah, it it's was like weird a, barrel, uh, like James coming down the top. James Bond would be carrying one of these bad boys around trying to kill people. It does. It does look like some kind of foreign gun. Like, that gun's sexy, dude. That Beretta right there, <laughs> Beretta ninety two A one. Yeah, we uh the ninety two. Oh never, yeah, the model ninety two. I never got to touch uh. Bread a man while I was in the military, they always just said, Would you rather carry a pistol or more ammunition for your M4? And I carry ammunition for my M4 because I never got close You're enough. You're like, uh, The pistol because I look badass. <laughs> <laughs> you never got close enough to shoot anyone with the pistol. No, that was more for like the guys in vehicles. Were you, what was, uh, I've never actually asked you a whole lot about like your army time. What was your, uh, 
Your job, what did you do when you deployed? I was a recon. Um, eyes and ears, eyes and ears of the battlefield, basically. Uh, yeah. It was a scout. Um, we'd go out before. Every, I was in a scout sniper platoon. We'd go out before everyone. Basically, we had infantry and uh, tankers with us in the same company or in the same unit. And so they would send us out uh, to kind of just check up, make sure everything's good, and then send in the big fighting force, you know. So we'd go out on our own, make sure everything's safe, send up everyone. Um, it was a pretty cool job, you know. You didn't have to deal with vehicles. You got to walk a lot. Yeah. <laughs> it was fun. You got to see a lot of the sniper rifles and shit and walk uh, walk up mountains, do a lot of recon on villages. You know, that's that kind of ju- that's kind of what we were. Um, yeah. It was pretty cool. We got radios, too. Um, you know, and the average ears wouldn't think the radio is a big deal. But then the radios could drop in a stupid amount of bombs to level... <laughs> You know, 500 square miles. So the the radio was a really cool asset and weapon to have with us. You know, it was a, it was a fun job. If I could do it again, I, I think I would have become a diesel mechanic or something. A diesel mechanic? Yeah. Because, you know, transitioning to the civilian world. Yeah. There ain't no one looking for, you know, my job. Yeah, no one's looking for someone who can do recon. Yeah, there's there's not a whole lot of it here. Uh, weird, huh? So maybe if I could work on an air like an aircraft mechanic, that's probably what I would have picked if that was available, something like that. You know, um, that would have been cool. Um, but yeah, you know, I did my fun stuff for a while. I enjoyed it. Um, it wasn't too crazy. It wasn't too crazy um, to the fact of like the whole the veteran PS. PTSD thing going on, you know, it wasn't for me at least. It wasn't like that. Um, yeah, pretty pretty good. Um, nothing crazy, but uh, yeah, I enjoyed every bit of it, man. I got my school paid for out of it. Still going to school now. Yeah, but that's for life, right? And I tell like, you, does, doesn't don't your benefits extend to your children? Oh yeah, I got my benefits. Uh, I got free health care, man. It's huge, huge, <laughs> huge, huge. Um. Free healthcare, and it changed me a whole lot as a person. Uh, if anyone knew me before in high school, and then didn't know me now, like I'm a hundred percent different than I was in high school, completely different. Yeah. Uh, the military changed me, changed what I liked, you know, changed my attitude. Um, so yeah, if the last time you saw me was in high school and tried to talk to me, it's a lot different. Yeah. Um, Nowhere near the same person. I can't say I saw you in high school. And no, we we were like what we is it, the word? We were like lot. the we were acquaintances. Yeah, I'd say that. We, when I did see you, we were good, you know, friends and whatnot. We were nice to each other, but like we never called each other to hang out, kind of thing. No, if we weren't like uh, now, I would say you were one of my good friends. Yep, outside of me too. There's the, it's weird too. Cause how, how life works. Like, uh, <laughs> like, like you and Alec and dude, I hated Tanner Thorpe. I hated his ass in high school. <laughs> Did you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Kicked me out of one of his parties or something one time. 
I hated him. No way. I hated him. And now he's like one of my best friends. (laughs) Yeah, me and Tanner used to like eat lunch together in high school. Yeah, he was like someone I hated. And then it's like now it's weird because he's like one of my best friends that I call. (laughs) That's interesting. And so it's it's weird how life works out of... uh, out of high school, you it know. is interesting. Like, and that. then now, now that I look back at high school, high school was such a big thing, you know. And now I look back, and there's there's some stupid little step in life. It was oh yeah, not important. Man, high school for me ended so quickly that I feel like uh, I don't know. I kind of I feel like I kind of got thrust into the adult world a little earlier than most kids. Like, I didn't have a senior year. I didn't even finish my junior year. You didn't miss nothing. His senior year was no, the same shit. No, I know. Shit. But I just feel like <laughs> I kind of realized, like, uh, I feel like I, I, I definitely remember sitting there when I was 17. And I kind of got, like, a little bit depressed after, like, dropping out of high school with not, like, seeing my friends all the time and, like, partying as much and fucking, like, having fun. Yeah. And I remember being like, damn, like. I really won't see a lot of these people again. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I kind of had that realization like before all my friends did before they finished school. Yeah. And it was weird because I started kind of like valuing my like long, like my lifelong friendships a little bit earlier. Yeah. And like, uh, and then uh, I just kind of like, in college, I feel like I kind of just t- try to focus more on on that than, like, meeting new people. Yeah. And then it's, like, strange, like, the way it worked out, like, a lot of the people I already knew that back then I didn't think would be my lifelong friends turned into lifelong friends from Havasu. You know what yeah, I mean? I feel you, like man. Like, you and, like, <laughs> if I- like, a lot of, like, the fantasy football groups of people, like... Yeah, our our fantasy football man. If I would have told you, if I would have told you in high school, like you guys would be the guys I would be talking to the rest of my life, I wouldn't think. You know, I wouldn't have said that. I yeah. Joining the military and whatnot, like the friends I did have in high school, I hung out with. Shit, most of them fucking end up in jail and stuff. Uh, <laughs> I don't want to say names out loud, but yeah, it's okay. Uh, a few of them that I'm sure you can remember, uh, I hung out with a lot of them in jail and shit. Um, <laughs> so, and it's like, and then I joined the military and stuff. I never thought coming out of the military, like I'd meet up with all this group of people again. So it was, it was cool, yeah. man. I, I mean, I, I wouldn't change it for the world. I thought, I think it's awesome. And, uh, we, <laughs> yeah, we all get along and except for Tanner and Jesse and then screw those guys, <laughs> especially Jesse. He's the worst. Oh man. I love Jesse. He's great. He's my favorite person to make fun of. <laughs> Jesse's the best. No, I really want to uh, eventually get more microphones. So maybe when people are here, we can have like some group podcasts. We should get on here with like uh, at least like four of us up here. Like yeah, I can, hook up, I can hook up four mics and uh, I don't know. I mean, I could, I could get a bigger soundboard eventually. But. Alec or Tanner and then just bring Jesse in here. We just sit there and. Roast just it would be fun to do a fantasy football podcast. That'd maybe, be fun. maybe at the next draft party, we could work something out or we could do one. I plan on winning, just yeah. Kidding, just kidding, I never win. <laughs> Man, I'm always curious to see how it's gonna go. I got third last year, so I was Wait, at did what? I get third? No, I don't even know. No, I got I didn't make it to the playoffs, so I stopped looking. I didn't care who won. I think I got as long third. as it wasn't Tanner. 
Who won last year? I don't even know. Chance, Chance I think. Chance. <laughs> I'm pretty sure Chance won. Yeah, because I beat Tony, I think. I don't fucking remember, dude. It's it's <laughs> funny how, like, fantasy is one of those things that, like, once you lose, you don't care. Yep. I, I all, you, make... all you're like is, like, oh, I lost, so I don't care anymore. I haven't checked the little sound, or the message board we had on the app no, since I didn't make playoffs. I always delete the app when I lose. Since I didn't make I'm playoffs, I haven't even sure. looked at it. So they they might have been talking to me on that, and I haven't said nothing to Dude, it. Dude, look at this sexy Beretta. This fucking, I gotta change the screen. It's crazy, you know that coyote tan that they have. It's like my favorite color. All my guns are coyote tan. Oh, like the desert tan. Yeah. Like I like that color. All tan. my guns are coyote. Mine are tan, all black, man. bro. I like black. Well, my my AR is black, but my you uh, own an AR, bro, an assault rifle. Oh God, yeah, yeah, I own one. It was oh, actually a, illegal for a while. It's an Arlington rifle. It was the Armor Light, man. Armor Light. That's it. I always say Arlington instead of Armor Light. It was, uh, yeah, the first company that made the gun was Armor Light. Armor Light. That's why it's AR. And the AR-15, was. that's how they named it. And it's just like, so it's just like the Keurig now. But now Not all the Keurigs are Keurigs. But now every gun is an AR. But they're all ARs now. It's the same thing with Keurigs. Every time you look at any pod coffee thing, it's a Keurig. Yeah, most of them aren't. They're all knockoffs. Yeah, yeah. it's the same shit, man. Know, it's all fucking stupid. So, <laughs> assault I was really, rifle. I was really stoned doing that podcast, and uh, I, w- I was trying to make a point. Did you listen to that one, my solo one? I was yeah. trying to make a point about yeah, what an assault rifle is versus a semi-automatic weapon. And uh, an AR-15, and uh, it got really lost in context there because I was stoned and uh, my brain wasn't fully functioning at the time. Well, an AR, so, so an assault an rifle. An AR is, is one gun that's a brand, and it's an AR. It's a gun that was made, and then a bunch of guns were copied off of it. Yes. And then an assault rifle is any rifle that assaults someone. <laughs> that's an assault rifle. Yep. Because you could have a hammer, and it's a hammer. You assault someone with that hammer, it's an assault hammer. <laughs> That's basically what it is. Right, man. an assault rifle is defined as a rapid-fire, magazine-fed, automatic rifle designed for inf- infantry use. But lately in the media, it's just turned into this catch-22 term as any automatic, semi-automatic, single-fire any kind of gun that looks in the form of an AR yep. or an M4 or anything like that, an AK-47 is the most popular, they call it an assault rifle. Yep. And it's just this catch-22 term that the media likes to throw around to stigmatize guns. It makes it sound worse. But really, they're all types of guns. They're semi-automatic, single-fire, fully auto fucking three-round burst guns. There's some foliados out there, man. There's, there's different magazine types. There's 10-round magazines. That's there's what I like living in Arizona, magazines. man. There's 500-round drums. There's a 200-round drum that I got. And so people don't understand that, like, my biggest issue when we talk about banning assault rifles or banning these types of guns, semi-automatics, is like you don't understand. People who don't understand guns don't understand that I could buy a fully automatic shotgun with a mm-hmm. drum Yep. that holds 80 rounds easily, and I could fill that with the highest 
shotgun gauge, the highest burst. I could put pellets in there. You stick fucking nickel. ball bearings. You could stick nickels in there. Whatever you want. You stick a stack of nickels in. I could shell walk if into a crowd and shoot off <laughs> eighty rounds of a shotgun as fast as you could shoot an assault rifle, <laughs> a semi-automatic weapon. If there's a will, there's the a crowd. way. Like people will, don't there's understand, way, there's fully automatic pistols. Yep. That shoot 50 rounds a second and shit like, like that. Glock 17, I think it's called. Glock 17, I'm pretty sure. It's fully auto, man. It's crazy. But yeah, there's... Dude, if there's a will, there's a way, man. If you really want to hurt people, there's a way. You could go to Home Depot and buy enough shit at Home Depot to hurt 17 people out of school. If you yeah. really wanted to. Yeah, I think it's Glock 17, man. If you look up Glock, that's one of them. I mean, there's a shit ton of probably fully auto pistols. But I think the Glock 17's the one. Shit's gnarly. <laughs> there's no accuracy with the thing at all. <laughs> Capacity is 17 rounds in the standard magazine. Is that right? Yeah, because it's probably, uh, it's you know, it's the, uh, what's the stack called? The staggered. The staggered stacked on the column. Uh, the <laughs> I'm thinking military uh, patrol right now. Uh, staggered stack in the uh, magazine. I think. I don't know. But yeah. See so that? this is the Glock 18. Maybe it is a Glock. Ofi- officially, it can get off 1,200 rounds per minute. So, that's a pistol. It says it can shoot 33 rounds with less than 3 seconds. 33 rounds, less than 3 seconds. See, that's a pistol. Out of a pistol. People don't understand. The issue's not the type of gun we're talking about. It's, like, guns are so fucking destructive that, like, people need to get over talking about ARs like they're fucking the most deadly thing in the world. Well, you seen People the, could use a pistol. You seen the statistic of uh, AR deaths versus like knife deaths versus fist deaths out there? It's like AR is barely a little, barely a little notch when it comes to knife deaths. Really? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I would have to look that stat up for you, but uh, um, the amount of deaths caused by a knife. Is like significantly higher. All right, we're gonna we're gonna prove this. We're gonna just check it. There were approximately 374 people shot and killed with rifles of any kind. There were 1,600 people killed with knives or cutting instruments. Look at that. That's huge. Uh, this was in the year of 2016, according to crime statistics published by the FBI. And that's rifles of any kind too. That's. <laughs> I'd like to see what they classify a rifle as, you know. Um, that could go all the way to sh- a, a shotgun, depending on the person saying it, you know. Any shoulder-fired weapon. Yeah, this says, according to the FBI for 2016, 11,000 of the 15,000 murders in the United States were committed by firearms. Handguns were the most common, The though, most, yep. Used in 7,100 of the cases. 3,200 cases, the type of gun was not reported or was listed as other. In 903 instances. Yep, handguns are huge. But no one's no one's trying to ban that. No. But, 
I mean, these statistics are pretty widespread, but yes, that is the point I'm trying to make is that assault rifles, ARs, semi-automatic rifles are not the issue. It's I. So how do you feel about um, like minimum raising the minimum age to buy a gun to like 21? Honestly, or like these other these other uh, things that they're calling for in Florida from these kids about gun issues. So the so they I know they want a stricter gun vetting like uh, yeah for sure processing. I think uh, yeah definitely. I think the stricter uh, the vetting you know it should be as strict as possible. Yeah. Um, they should go through everything you got going on in your life and figure it out. Um. The age of 18 to 21, uh, I won't fight that. I'll let that happen, too. Because um, I know in Arizona, it's 21 to buy a uh, pistol, and it's uh, 18 to buy a rifle. Um, not sure the exact thing. I think it's a hunting rifle for 18, but I I agree with that to an extent. Um You heard, yeah, you heard me on that. Yeah, um, yeah I, I, I wouldn't fight the uh, pistol, the pist or the the raising the age of twenty one because in Arizona it's eighteen for rifle, twenty one for pistol. So I, I wouldn't fight that at all. Um, I mean, we already kind of covered the teacher thing. I was just wanting to get your opinion on these other measures they're talking about. Yeah, I'm okay with that. I'm not okay with him trying to get uh, Trump trying to get rid of the bump stock. Um, not okay with that. You're not okay with that? No. Um, one, I think the bump stock's stupid. I think <laughs> it's a stupid thing. You can do that. So why can't you get rid of it if you don't like it anyway? Because I feel like uh, you start taking off one tiny little gun right. You, you think it's the beginning? I think it's the beginning where you can start taking off multiple gun rights. The next president changes some more. And I think that's just the stepping stone. Because if you look back in history, man, we haven't really... F- we haven't the they haven't really cut into the gun rights at all. They've yeah. tried and they've never been successful. Yeah. This is their first time being a little bit successful and I think it's just gonna build on. Personally, I'll never own a bump stock. I think it's a stupid piece of equipment and I could do the exact same thing with my tr- finger. So that's the exact thing I told someone after the Vegas shooting happened. Um I can I can shoot that fast with Someone asked me my about, finger. Uh, about like, you know, we were just talking about it and they were, they were talking about bump stocks and I was like, yeah, I don't, I don't think that's the issue. And they're like, well, it's like this crazy, like they were like describing it, how the media described it, like what a bump stock was. And I was like, no, a bump stock is this piece of garbage, fucking piece of plastic fake. Uh, if you know what a stock is on the end of your gun. It's the part that goes up to your fucking shoulder. Yeah. And uh, it's like a fake one that goes over the real one, basically. Just a slide on top of that. And it starts sliding back and forth and basically makes it so the gun slides back and forth so you don't have to move it yourself. You hold the trigger and the momentum of the gun bounces back and forth. Yeah. And and you basically get, I, I don't know, the rate per second on it but almost the fully auto and i have with no accuracy i have shot one 
in my life, and it was a piece of garbage. See, I never shot any, and I... I couldn't... I couldn't... I don't it was even a want piece to of garbage, but... I don't like, even want to shoot it. it. I couldn't get it to work. I couldn't put it up to my shoulder and get the fully auto to even work. It it's, got jammed. It got all fucking fucked up on my shoulder. Like, the biggest issue, and I hate conspiracy theories that fucking talk about it's fake that people died and stuff. My biggest issue with the Vegas shooting, though... Was that they said he killed all those people using a bump stock rifle? Well, and by I himself, man, it's, it's for sure possible. It's, it's for sure possible that maybe that guy practiced enough and dialed in his own bump stock, and fucking dialed in his rifle and could do it. Right? It's totally. We well, had multiple it's, rifles. It's totally there. possible. But yeah. But I think it is very challenging to say that that bump stock didn't have any kind of issue. While he was firing, you could have done. Dude, I could have done the same thing with a semi-auto. I could have sent that many rounds the same speed he did. Oh, it's, you for sure could have. Yeah, it's. But that was my biggest issue with the whole thing. Yeah, they're, that they're making like, this a bump stock, making this like, bump stock sound like it's some wild animal. It was only possible that we can't contain a bump stock, and I'm like, no, it was possible because the guy bought a fucking huge powered rifle and stood in a window and shot at people like. I could get a drum that I was just talking about and put it on an AR, and I could easily fire 500 rounds. You know what's sad? You know what's sad? In a couple the, minutes. Those drums, too, they jam like a stupid amount. Oh, they for sure jam. And you, you know what would be faster is like a guy more proficient with 10, a vest to, with 10, magazines on 10 it. or 20 round magazines just yeah. lined up. It'd yeah. be more proficient and fast if you did yeah. that. Um, if a guy was well equipped, he could fucking drop the mag, put a new one in. Yep chamber around he'd be solid those drums jam so quick um and so bad like it's I, i've talked to people who's like yeah I, I bought one one time and i'll never get another one but again. that's like the argument i i like making to people is that like there's other means other than like this basic shit that people want to blame like well the people people just... want to say like oh we should just ban ars we should just ban ars and like okay so they'll just buy shotguns or pistols like why does that well, it's just like I've heard stuff or like, uh, uh, why, why, why does an individual need an AR-15? I've heard that multiple times. And my best argument, oh, you look at the Second Amendment, man. It tells you right then and there. We just read it, Bill. Right, <laughs> Second Amendment. Is if the government tries to take over and turn this place into a dictatorship, we have military-capable weapons to fight back with. For sure. And, and that's like the main thing right there. We're able to keep up with the military. I would somewhat. argue. So that is my biggest argument for it, for having it in AR. Because I'm very small government, man. I and hate the government. That's I want my biggest one. argument that people like to say, like, you don't, you shouldn't have one. And it's, it's that I get it that other countries don't have them and they don't need them. But I also get that the United States is unique in that no other country is going to try to get invaded like we will. We have <laughs> like a military state in the United States, as sad as it is to say, is the most dangerous thing that could happen to the entire planet. If you if you if you if you looked up like the amount of guns per people, like and you, and then you look at why we haven't been invaded, 
is it's not because of our military. No, it's, it's not. Because, it's the amount of guns per house. Arizona itself could defend the, the country. <laughs> Anyone rolling down this road, you have a perfect vantage point from your room we're in right now of the I road. I think if Arizona <laughs> and Texas like super teamed up on that one, I think we'd be solid. It's it's uh people worry about the all uh fighting, you know, uh what Kim Jong Un or whatever his name is now, Kim yeah. Jong whatever. Yeah, Kim Jong Un. We would crush that little nation. Oh, yeah, no, for just sure. Just the amount of civilians with guns we have here. No, for sure. <laughs> no, but my point is, I mean, my point is, like, other countries say, like, you know, their citizens don't need ARs. They're not worried about their government takeover. But those countries don't need to be worried about it. Like, do you know what I'm saying? Like, our country is so... Well, we're the world we're, police. We're so on the world's fringe. We dipped our tip that, like, into we so have much. To be, we have to be in some way protected from that global fringe that it doesn't... Like, could you imagine if what happened in Nazi Germany happened in the United States? It, like, do you understand? It wouldn't have been stopped by a force of armies. That's what I'm saying. We, like, would, we would have been able to take over a lot more. The amount more of influence if, that we have, yes. if put into the wrong hands, could go so wrong so fast that like the citizens have to be able to do something about it. Well, we're a, we're a, we're a superpower that, you know, we, we dipped our dicks and you know, everything. Yeah. yeah. And so we're a part of everything. So you look at us, everyone brings up that Australia thing. Uh, Australia has no guns. Okay. And so whatnot. let's say Australia turns into a military state and their government take over and they put tanks on the streets of every city. They take over Australia in Australia easily. Yeah. So what happens to the world at that point? Well, and even if anyone else tried to invade Australia, it'd be easy enough. I, I, but what I I've I'm been with their army. I don't what, know, I'm telling you, Australia. I, I, but what I'm saying is nothing happens at that point. Australia was, wouldn't the take world over anyone else. Yeah, run on Australia's currency. Yes, we we are we <laughs> we have a. We're a superpower, man. If you look at it, we're a superpower. Oh, we, we're for sure a superpower. In Australia, like if someone wanted to invade Australia, it's easy, said, done. You yeah. know, if you're a big enough Russia or whatever, easily. and, and we did, it, America didn't step in easily. Uh, you take over that place easy, because they got a military, but the, they got a small military, and they have no no civilians with guns. You try to bring in a. a another army into our states, but it wouldn't be a global threat like Australia. There's Australia nothing, going down there. Australia going evil, like Nazi Germany, wouldn't be a global threat like be, Nazi America would be. That'd be actually, and I know that's a bad. They'd like, be a real easy threat. But I'm just saying, it's like people don't. People need to recognize that, like we're on this different global scale than other countries. We always compare ourselves. Like we're we're almost 400 million people. They always are like, well, this country of two two million people does this, and it's like, yeah, that's. Two million people, or man. when like the statistic you brought up, the education levels. You look at the education levels in like the smartest countries. You know, like Finland, <laughs> yeah, Switzerland, yeah. It's like, well, you got a million people in your fucking country. Yeah, we, we got a lot of shit going on over here. <laughs> yeah, that is accurate too. We got a lot of cultures and different things going on over here. We can't keep everyone up. <laughs> we can't on keep, the same level. Yeah, we don't have everyone at four point <laughs> You know, <laughs> dude, that is a fact. So there's, you know, there's a lot of, uh, okay. So that's what I was talking to uh, Tyler about yesterday is, uh, we were talking about like 
edu or not education, like healthcare and how we couldn't have like a global or like a government subsidized healthcare where like it was free because like the standards would go down. Like, you know, like free healthcare, like shithole areas would be <laughs> shithole is Trump's word. That's how I use it. People uh, got so mad at that too. That was so stupid. Um, <laughs> but in, in a bad area, they would have bad doctors and, you know, good areas would have better doctors, even if it's government healthcare. And it all looks at the pay. But I was saying like, that's, that's still what happens today. It's all the pay, man. That's why. Is that it's, it's still a normal money. thing, though. Like, even if it was subsidized by the government. They still wouldn't get paid what they're getting paid. That's why That's why healthcare has never gone, gone free like Canada's. Because look at Canada. Canada, you're paying eight bucks a gallon of milk and everything for taxes to make up, uh, make up for these doctor's paychecks and these extra paychecks that you're paying for this yeah, free yeah, yeah. Yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. That's why we do have good doctors but, here in America, but it's only certain areas. Yes. But what I'm getting at is like, we have such a high population. Yeah. It'd be really is, hard do to do you, that. No, but I, what I was saying is, do you think we would have like, you know how we have such an influx of doctors who like go down to like third world countries and like the, like Central America or like Africa and like work for free getting yeah. like doctor, I think that's you awesome. know, like, like, do you think if we went like some kind of government subsidized area and you have like an experience with government healthcare in the VA system, do you think <laughs> it would be possible that we have a, an amount of citizens who would be willing to work for less money and do the good work of the noble like healthcare game here in the States to, to fit that demand to have like both a public and a private sector for healthcare. Like you think like we have so many people that we could fill that niche need to have both areas. If we, if we explored like a, a Medicaid for all, kind of system i think it'd be i think it'd be tough um you'd send those doctors down there or you you know you'd you'd put those jobs out there for doctors to go on less money to go down to the low income areas um and then while they went through the same education and the same debt as all the other doctors working up in Beverly Hills making five times what they're making. I think, I don't know. I just, I feel like there's going to be those doctors that are like, Hey, I could work down here for jack shit or I could work up here for quadruple my but money. That's what I'm saying. There I think it'd be is. hard, man. But I think I, it'd be hard, but I'm saying there already is like, there already are those doctors. Well, yes, there's, that. there's definitely good people who are fine doing that. Yeah. And there could be also shitty doctors who couldn't make it to the higher paying scale yeah, and that are down there. Um, you know, I want to believe that, that most of them are just good and they just want to work in the shittier, uh, uh, neighborhoods, you know, to benefit whatnot. And I think that'd be better. Yeah. I just feel like, uh, everyone's eyes is on the eyes are going to be on the prize. You know, the doctors making, yeah, six figures like nothing See, i just you know? i just don't know if i can agree with that because i feel like there's already so many people that are so beyond that role and that point that that they're okay making nothing and they're okay working in these countries for free 
I, no, I, I'm sure there are those people and out there. I just there. don't know if. And I was I was trying to talk to him about maybe it's the answer to that is exploring other alternatives in the sense of we need a better job market system that can fit people with desired jobs to their needs and to their desires. Like people like a doctor like that wants a decent paying job, but in a low income area and they're okay working for less than they make now because that's what they want to do. Like some kind of website, social media platform or something that helps people connect to like the jobs they're they're looking for. Do you know what I'm saying? Like we have such a problem in today's job market. You're saying uh, that people can't find job like me. Like I can't find an entry level film job in the Phoenix area that fits my small niche of experience with business analyst and communications. Do you know what I'm saying? Like some kind of platform like LinkedIn or something that would help people find uh like an outlet and give them the job they want. So you're saying like, uh, um, like doctors wanting to work for these low income areas, but they can't find them. Is that what you're kind of saying? Like they can't find the yeah, job like, opportunities for well, it. No, like if we opened up this, this system for government healthcare and said like, yeah, all these areas need doctors. Like, how do we find them? Like, and that's what I mean. Like some kind of system so that people can raise their hand essentially on the virtual scale and say like, I'm a doctor. I would like to do that. And it would be like a system that is actually beneficial for the doctor and the job. I don't know, man. I, I feel, I don't know my, <laughs> what I think might be controversial on it, but I, I think the doctors come from rich families for the most part. Yeah. Like a majority of them. Uh, I'm sure there's the exceptions, you know, that struggled and made it through from low income. But I feel like most of them have grown up with money and spent a lot of their parents' money to get become doctors. You know what I, I don't know. It sounds weird, but I feel like all of them are niched around money. I feel like if yeah. you're a doctor, you're, you've been sucked around money your whole life. So what if, so do you I, think I don't maybe know. that's a problem with the education system as a whole? A hole in a. You think just doctors come from from money, so like they're driven by money. Like I think a lot of I field, think a lot of them do. I do they go into the field for money. I think a lot of them go in the field, at least from my experience of meeting certain doctors who I've dealt with. Yeah, I think a lot of them came from money, and they're going for money. Um, at least that's what I've dealt with, man. Yeah, the only ones I haven't dealt like that were the VA doctors. Do and you think that's an issue for? And that's the my health system as a whole. <laughs> the only ones I've met with, uh, met with that were, uh, at least I've like physically seen that weren't all about the money were my VA doctors. And that's some of the shittiest healthcare I've gotten. So life. it's almost like, like what I'm saying, <laughs> what I'm saying is I think there's enough people out there who treat medicine as like a noble act like they're good people. So they treat it as a noble act. And yeah. you're saying you think the majority of people treat it as it's a rich to achieve the American dream and not serve medicine to people, but to get fat paychecks. I think, 
I think there are some people, like you were saying, that want to help people. I really think there's a lot of people that want to help people, but I think the majority, yes, definitely are looking at a paycheck more than helping people. Yeah. Um, because you, you look at, you look at any healthcare system now, uh, what I'm dealing with the VA, the first thing they want to do is just like, Oh, here, let me write you a script to get you out of here. You know, that's the first thing they want to do. So For here, sure. Here's a fucking script. Uh, you go into a doctor's office with shoulder pain. The first thing they want to do, here's some surgery, you know, to profit their hospital. And that's all they, you know, they, they don't want to look at any other alternatives of no, nothing else. Like, yeah. They don't want to help no one. Um, at least from what I've seen, man, I, I don't know. I definitely think there are the, the great people out there that want to help and just want to help. And, uh, they're not out there looking for the profit. Just most of the doctors I've ever dealt with, man, I, I feel like they're, uh, <laughs> they're there for the money. Yeah. That's what I, that's, that's what I personally dealt with. I mean, you know, it could be different. <laughs> yeah, that's what I've gone through. Is that's just so unfortunate. And I and I definitely feel like there's good people out there that want to travel to third world countries and want to deal with uh, whatever's got to be done, you know, for yeah, uh, their uh, their medical stuff. But uh, from what I've seen, it's just everything I look at is money driven. <laughs> Basically, yeah. how I look at everything. I agree. I'm money kind driven, of the same man. way. Like I'm always. Uh, <laughs> I'm always the one telling people like, you know, like I was telling my buddy yesterday, like, I don't think corporate America would allow us to have a, a country run on electric, electric vehicles. Like, I don't think oil, the oil companies and corporate America won't allow us to push forward technology in the next 50 years. I think Tesla's fighting to get that. rid of petroleum. Yep. I think Tesla's the only one fighting that really. I think he is, but like what happens when, you know, Tesla dies? Well, or I was about to say, imagine, imagine you see Tesla. Like Tesla was a, Elon Musk. Elon Musk was, uh, randomly assassinated. If you see something like that, it's like, yeah. well, oil money. Yeah, <laughs> straight up, dude. There's oil money right there. Like, I was talking to my buddy about the petrodollar yesterday. You know what the petrodollar is? I don't. Like, it's like the, uh, you know, we got off the gold standard, you know, so long ago. Like, the dollar isn't backed by gold anymore. We're backed by oil. So, like, the petrodollar is we established that with Saudi Arabia that all oil transactions through them would go through the American dollar. So every country would have to convert their own money into American dollars to buy oil from Saudi Arabia and the surrounding kingdoms. So China, when they buy oil from Saudi Arabia, they convert it into American money and then buy the oil so the oil market is propped up by the dollar. Like the American dollar our economy. is the petrodollar essentially, right? So, you know, it's possible that eventually one day we lose our gold standard and Saudi Arabia or whoever decides that the petrodollar is Chinese currency now. America converts into Chinese currency to buy oil everyone else does too and that props up the chinese currency and then america's not the global superpower anymore and the american dollar kind of 
suffers exponentially and puts us in like something like another great depression yeah that's a that's another weird uh that's <laughs> that's a crazy topic to go down a rabbit hole on yeah uh, i feel like i jumped but down i just there. but like what i'm saying by that is to sum up it's just that the corporate america is very driven on oil the dollar itself is propped up by oil and I think we're very motivated to destroy any future progress to move away from oil. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I agree. If oil is very prominent. That's why we still don't have solar farms everywhere. That's why we still don't have fucking wind turbines everywhere. Yeah, oil is uh, definitely the biggest money maker in the world right now. Absolutely. Um, and then... <laughs> Oil is the biggest money maker, and then you're talking about solar. You look at have you have you met anyone with solar before? Like with their houses, they I pay. Like my parents pay. They have it on their house. They just got it uh, not too long ago, and they pay like a hundred or something bucks a month as their electricity bill. But it's to it's to pay for the solar, like in a payment plan. Yeah. So they're paying like a hundred bucks a month and zero dollars on electric. Yeah. And so once they pay off their solar panels. Yes. It's like zero bucks for electricity yes. to run their house. Yes. And you look at that and it's just like, why isn't that, why isn't that everywhere? <laughs> I don't know why it's not everywhere, why? to be honest with you, man. Why is that not everywhere? I you're... genuinely think in in Arizona for sure, Oh, in the sunshine states. We're good. Why is it not required? I think, I think, so I have some like, I think some radical ideas about what modern society could look like. Like, have you ever looked at like what uh, like Japan does in like restaurants or like with technology and like just basic shit like that? No, I like haven't. menus are electronic. They're touchscreens. Not a fan of that. Like your table <laughs> has a menu built in. Your table has a glass top with LEDs underneath. Your menu comes up on the table. You select what you want. You pay all electronically. It's just on your table. So you go, oh, I want this. I want this. I want this. It comes. Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, some countries are so far advanced in technology that we could get there, too. You know? Kind of scares me, though. But for some reason, we don't. And I think, I think with regulations like solar panels on every house and shit like that, like, why can't we move away from some of these archaic systems like paying for electricity, you know? Like, why can't we move into funding cooler, better shit for the future? I definitely think there's more out there than paying like, for electricity. There's uh, Have you seen those things that they put up in the air? Um, they're held by, like, balloons or some shit, and they're uh, basically giant fans that you bring up to the jet streams. Yeah, I've seen that. <laughs> A long-ass cable that comes down and... It, just a jet stream pushing through this fan powers a stupid amount. Uh, that and dude, there's solar. so much stuff. Like, there's so much. There's so much that we could do. Solar's the biggest one, especially for us. Like, not obviously like Washington or Oregon, those kind of places. But and then I don't know shit about the East Coast, but like Midwest states, the rest of the West Coast besides Northern California, Oregon, and Washington, like where it's sunny. Um, Dude, solar planners should be everywhere. Yeah. Everywhere. That's... Well, the argument, I guess, is that, like, the technology maybe is not good enough to, like, support that type of, like, output. But 
wouldn't it be worth exploring the expansion of the technology and the research behind it to get it to that point then? I could see uh, the argument too on uh, the amount of energy it takes to make a solar panel and how bad that is in the government or the, the government. The environment, just like sol- uh, people with their Priuses, you think they're doing a better thing uh, for the world, but you know it costs. You know, the amount of energy spent to build that Prius is just as bad as any gas car out there. So yeah, it's it might be that same argument. I don't know. I haven't looked this up, but yeah, I think both of us are too uneducated to know for sure. But on paper, solar panels. I think powders, we can for sure speculate on it. On, on, on paper, solar panels sound great, though. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm from Arizona and I'm looking outside right now and there's one house that I can see that has solar panels and, and it a, is and sunny a, as fuck outside. I would say not a cloud in the sky. Either. Not a cloud in the sky. <laughs> Some smog for sure. And this is like our winter time too. So, oh yeah. So there's, there's not a cloud in the sky. No, not at all. <laughs> Dude, fuck. I've been sitting here drinking beers with you. Fucking got to pee again. Motherfuck. Yeah, I don't know. How long have we been on here? We kind of uh, just went from everything from... We're at about two and a half hours so far. Dang, we went from government to... Or to shooting to government to zombie apocalypse to... I don't even remember everything else. I know. Kind of just rambled. I know. <laughs> I think we've been doing good, man. <coughs> Yeah, I hope you come back and do another one, man. Yeah, I'm down. Uh, next time we'll have some shit read out. So, like, we wrote out, read out, wrote out. Um, so we have some topics to hit and stay on the same schedule. Yeah, even if it's just like this, I'm fine with it, man. Yeah, I'm fine with it, too. I'm cool with it. I'm fine with it, too. I, I think just it was like, fun. I just like talking. I'm glad you came in. Yeah, man. We'll definitely have to do it some more. Hopefully, uh... Maybe we won't live so far away from each other forever. Man, unless you move up towards me, it's gonna probably be that. Sounds way. like you're gonna be up there for a while. I don't. I don't plan on moving. I think we, we're hoping to move over to like the Tempe area. So you're about the same for me, yeah. which isn't a problem, man. Uh, now that I found out about Uber, it's not a problem. Yeah, it's not a problem. Yeah, Uber's a game changer. If you're out there, please don't drink and drive. Just Uber. Uber. Uber's legit. Just Uber. Yeah, I like it up there, though, uh, up north, where we're at, up uh, by Anthem, out past that way. I do like the Anthem area. My only issue, man, is, like, I just, I don't have a lot of job opportunity anywhere other than downtown and Tempe, Scottsdale area. You'd have to drive, definitely, Um, but... And so and so would I, depending on, you know, what department I get on and whatnot, but I'm okay making that drive. I'll, I'll sacrifice that. Yeah, that's true. I, I've like given that up just because it's quiet out where I live. Like quiet, no, no freeways, no nothing. The sty, the stars are bright as shit out there. It's nice. <laughs> Crypto's behind you. Oh, hey, what's up, buddy? Dude, I <laughs> will say I do miss the bright night sky and Flagstaff. Yeah. <clears throat> if you don't, uh, if people out there don't understand, uh, if you're not from Arizona, uh, Flagstaff, Arizona is an international dark sky city. If you don't understand what that means, is uh, there's some kind of law that prevents you from having lights a certain height above the ground, and also that they have to be a certain uh, like filament like color, like so that they're kind of like this orangish tint, like above a certain height, 
And so that uh, there's an observatory. The observatory, like, discovered Pluto. And uh, so the whole town, like, hundreds of years ago, got to hundreds of years ago, like, 100 years ago, it decided it was an international dark sky city. So it's dark at night so they could observe the stars. So Flagstaff is, like, one of the most beautiful places you can look at the night sky. And living there for seven years and then not living there, I definitely miss looking up and looking at all the fucking stars yeah I'm, I'm very bummed out looking up now but it's 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 a little brighter out where i'm at so it's nice to look up yeah i know um, i have this dope camera now that does a uh, long exposures and shit and i just i wish i i want to take it up to flagstaff and do some of that stuff flagstaff would be cool man i, I miss that place I know we're gonna have to road trip up there together for the uh the draft again this year i'm down i'm down I mean, hopefully it doesn't get fucked up again this draft. Oh, uh, yeah. Way to go, Tanner. <laughs> Never forget. Last draft got fucked up so bad. I wanted bad. to win so bad to put that fucking on the trophy, dude. Hashtag never forget. I'm already in the, the works of making a t-shirt. Oh, I have my Dodgers shirt downstairs that I have to wear to the draft. Oh, I didn't make that bet. I... I made the I owe I owe Brian like fifty. You pussed out, man. I owe Brian like fifty or a hundred bucks or something. Why did you uh you fucking couldn't commit to the jersey, you son of a bitch? No, I made the bet that the Diamondbacks would win, the Dodgers in the playoffs. I know, but, but I bet him the jersey and you wouldn't do it. He bet the jersey that you'd have to wear that, but then you I was like, do it. my comment back was like, I have a never forget T-shirt with Tanner that I wanted to wear, and he said acceptable, and I just owe him the money now. You didn't pay him? Not yet. I was going to pay him on the draft. Oh, I, I paid him already. Yeah. Yeah, and I bought the shirt. I uh, I bought my Dodgers shirt on Black Friday in California. <laughs> so it's cheap. Yeah, I bought it for like $9. <laughs> I should show you it, though. It's like a legit Dodgers shirt. Yeah, yeah. I plan on just paying him, you know, at the draft. That's what I was thinking. I don't know if he wants it earlier. He hasn't hit me up, so. Uh, he probably <laughs> was, forgot. Shit. Yeah. He probably forgot now. He actually, I think he asked me for the money. So maybe he forgot. He, <laughs> he bet maybe you. forgot. He was just so jazzed. He beat me and my fucking bet. I plan on getting a, t- it's going to be a white t-shirt and it's going to say never forget. Hashtag never forget on the back. And on the front's going to be that mirrored picture I have of Hitler smiling and Tanner smiling with the trophy. That's so awesome. And on the front. <laughs> That's so awesome. We got to make that happen for sure. <laughs> That's my plan. Never forget. Oh my God. That's so classic. Yeah, that'll be fun. <laughs> yeah, see if I could get out of last place. You know, that's where I've been the last two years, three years. You didn't get last last year. No, I'm like just over last place. Yeah. I haven't had to drink out of the, Not the, the baby toilet. toilet. Yeah, we have a little golden toilet trophy. Last place has to take a shot out of. I have. I've been the guy above that every year. <laughs> God. I've never got I it. haven't got last either, thank God. <laughs> I've been the guy above it every year. Oh, man. I think this is a good spot to wrap it up, Dan. Yep. I what do you think? Too. All I right. If you made it this far, uh, thanks for listening. Really appreciate the support. I knocked, uh, I knocked out a six-pack during this. Oh, yeah. I think I'm like I'm four beers in. I had to pee like five <laughs> times, so welcome to my life. Uh Hit me up on Twitter at M-I-A-Z podcast. Uh, follow my other fiction podcast. It's Millennial and Marine. 
this podcast, uh, Millennial in Arizona, is available on iTunes, Podbean, Stitcher, Pocket Casts, whatever your podcast app is, probably on there. Um, all right. Thanks again, everyone. Thanks again, Dan, for being here. No, oh, thanks for having me, man. Yeah, for sure. Can't wait for another one, man. Yeah, next time will be fun. Oh, yeah. <laughs> all right. Later, everybody. Peace.